Material Components Episode 39 Knots in the Tangle Greetings, and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers, how you doing? Doing good. Pretty good. Doing. Hey, hey guys, I am Olivia, and I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I'm playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. My name is Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I play Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. So, once again, we are back at it, and I would like to begin this session the same way I begin every session, which is by asking all of you, if you remember, what happened last time? Yes. We had a bit of a... No, I wouldn't say it's a filler episode, because, like, some stuff happened, but it was definitely, story like, stuff. a downtime, a downtime episode. Yes. Look, we're coming off of uh, uh, a confrontation with the, the the forces of hell pouring out of a right. portal. We need it, an R&R. Yeah, it can't be, it can't be high octane all the time. And for our downtime, we had remarkably few meals. We usually have more meals in it's our downtime. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. Yeah. We're... Wow. How dare you well, all. We had beverage. Dropping the ball. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we, drank we did drink more a lot. Yeah. Than we ate, which is bad. Kids, don't do that. Mm. Now it's um. adulthood. Yeah, this is my real diet. Um, Look, we don't have we don't have to talk in detail about every meal. I don't ask when all of your characters take <laughs> bowel movements. <laughs> oh, I've been keeping track. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah like like track. those notebooks you have when you first have a baby, where you keep mm -hmm. track of all the bowel movements and whether they yeah. were solid or not. I got it all right here, actually. So, oh, okay. Uh, That's a lot of pages you have there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's every I mean, single one for the entire you gotta campaign. Poop. So. You got to poop once a day. Well, at least sometimes more. Yeah, sometimes more. Look, do you yeah. have the years before between the trials? <laughs> yep. Or, or it, uh -huh. is it, is it oh yeah, trials? those are all in there too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And good, good, during good. trials as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm glad so when we, uh, Sid isn't with the group, we know what Sid is doing. It's <laughs> well, one, of, one of the things. <laughs> yeah. One of the many things. Uh, so what did we actually do this last set? Uh, we went shopping. Yes. And we were actually able to get some cool shit this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that did happen. You partook of the alternate payment method at Duskwalker Import and Export, and that is the buying and selling of information. Specifically, you sold some very choice and tasty tidbits that you had learned over the, well, over the campaign so far. And yeah. in doing so, you had gotten some in-store credit that you could then turn around and spend on some nifty magical items. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bought some stones of far speech, which is awesome. Um, yes, we need to, to remember to attune to those before we leave for the summit. 
Yeah, and like figure out like how loud they stones are. of far speech. So this particular type of stone of far speech uh, is not like the sending stones in the DM's guide. Um, I'm not. I listening back to the last oh. episode. I'm unsure if I made that clear or not. Oh, okay. Because we got the five mile ones, right? Or did we get the five hundred foot ones? I think those the five hundred feet ones. Okay, I forgot to write that. Those, those are the ones that yeah. were five hundred. Uh, but old. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So these ones don't function. Uh, yeah, it's 500 feet a piece, but the spell that it works essentially functions like message. Oh. And you can attune each of the stones to several different frequencies. So you can either have them all synced up to the same frequency or mix and match to different frequencies. It seems as though each stone has quite a few frequencies it can be matched up to what this means is is that we can do the mean girls conference call scene but with us specifically what it means is that if you (laughs) if all the stones are synced up and if you say something into one stone those words will be repeated in the others out loud i need to reiterate this this is not some psychic message you're receiving via these stones. The words yes. that are coming out of the stones are audible. Yes. So they like light up too when 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 we talk, like like a little weird like audio visualizer. Uh, the little runal glow, but other than that, no. Okay. Okay. So we I'll should test how them. loud they are before we do yeah. use them. Yes. Yeah. How many dBs is it outputting? Yeah. Exactly. But yes, I suppose, um, as well as the Stones of Far Speech, you also managed to purchase a uh, Staff of Flame for Cherish. Uh, you pooled some of your money to do that. Mm-hmm. Mostly mm-hmm. girls. Eh, yes. I mean, it was only 1500 right? Of mine? Um, yes. Yeah. I actually had a question about the okay. Fire Staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It says that when you're holding it, you gain resistance to fire damage. I Correct. already have resistance to fire damage. Does yep. that stack? Yes. yes I'm immune does. to fire damage. You're not immune. You take one quarter fire damage. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you half it and then half it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> one more fire item and I'm, well, an eighth. It's just going to keep going down in fractions until we can't mm-hmm. do anything anymore. Correct. We should keep on doing it until you are immune. Mm-hmm. Just pile oh, on you, the magic well, or, or at least until because it's it rounds so the damage rounds up. The da- yeah. damage rounds up. So at least until I only take one point of fire damage <laughs> any time. Then we can end the campaign. <laughs> yeah, because I won. Because there is no other type of damage other than fire. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's the only one. Yeah. Um So I believe those we were the, the two big magic items that you purchased. Yeah. You also yeah. got a couple of magic items identified, including yeah. a very cool sword that was acquired by Grawl, as well as a spell scroll. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, the contact other dimensions, right? Yeah. Or planes? Other contact planes. other planes. Yeah. So That's what you will be saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know who's hanging on to both of those. Grawl, I'm assuming you're hanging on to the sword. I don't know who ended up with the scroll, though. I'm a, I, I'll take I it. The, I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, it's in the bag of holding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I think that was pretty much it, though you did get a side quest from Omatep while visiting Duskwalker Import and Export. 
Because Grawl made the <laughs> right. claim that he has access to someplace called the Archive while he dreams. Yep. Omatep, completely disbelieving this claim, uh, mostly asserting that if you have access to the Archive, that means you're not who you say you are. Which, like, what does that mean? No <laughs> one knows who I am. I don't know who I am. Though you Don't did fly. claim to be the rightful warlord of the Legion of Bone. Mm-hmm. Gimme. It's mine. I want it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, not only did Grawl make a very large claim that uh, I don't think we really got a character reaction from at the time. No, we Yeah, because that's news to us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for holding it all together, guys. Oh, that, was making this, uh... that was the problem, okay. is that I forgot that we didn't know that. <laughs> But I just assumed he was lying. Yes, I think yeah. it's fine. But I mean, <laughs> between those two claims, which Omatep would say are contradictory, because if you're the rightful heir to being the warlord of a local legion of hobgoblins, you are definitely not someone who can walk around the archive, according and to Omatep. Yet. And yet, yeah. so here you, we are. You got a little side quest. Which is, to prove that you have access to the Archive, you were told to find where Duskwalker Import and Export first opened its doors. You were also told something else at first, but a certain yeah. monkey definitely <laughs> discouraged you from uh, looking into his true name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I asked him Did that question. Did start with that. Did the, like... Frantic hand across the throat, like, uh-uh. <laughs> but yes, that um, was what uh, was wrapped up your day, actually. Because yeah. Yeah. you have two days of rest and relaxation before you, before you are, or at least you have to come to a decision on whether or not you're heading to the Bulwark of Bone to get to the summit being called by the Old Mage to help try to address the issue of the realm scars opening up throughout the valley. It is going to be the 30th of Shade. On the first day of Ember, you will need to leave if you want to make it to the summit on time. So you had a couple of days to putz around Blue Gulch and take care of some personal errands, which some of you accomplished some of those uh, during the previous day. Tirza went and saw Shikar the Binder, had a bit of a, a fraught confrontation. That's fine. Sid it's went all fine. and visited with Old Morigana, the Aarakocra seer, who helped you look in on both Cesario, your old mentor, and your father, Lucidian Lyodon. Though you didn't Only really... technically. The dads, yeah, as the they're dads. known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sid also spent some time carousing around town, slightly tweaking the stories of your adventures in the Realm Scar south of Blue Gulch. I, I left out some minor details, but it was accidental, I assure you. And perhaps, yeah, that's not <laughs> what Stormpiercer thinks, but okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Cherish went and visited with the father of her erstwhile... Half orc bow, uh, meeting mm. with one Douglas Jet and talking yeah. about 
her feelings for his son. Yeah. And vice versa. And it was cute. It yeah. was. It I'm was sorry, very cute. It's a very good scene. I recall the sniffling last time. That sounded very bad when I listened back to the episode. But genuine. <laughs> but genuine. It was genuine. <laughs> I'm a very good actor. <laughs> and modest. Grawl, in the meantime, didn't do a ton during the day other than help out Kalkin with fulfilling some orders. Mm-hmm. So that is how you wild away the 29th of Shade. You eventually all met back up at the Iron Strike Metalworks, shared an evening meal, and found rest in the evening, unless there was anything in particular you wanted to accomplish that night. Not really. There's no real need to post a watch. You are within the city limits. So you find a restful sleep on the night of the 29th. Well, I mean, most of you do. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reed's oh, like, oh, no. What are you God doing in it. Dreamlands? No. Are you going to start on your Omatep thesis? Mm. Well, I might be a little too close to that right now. but I'll Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Grawl is a little sidetracked in the dreamlands this night. There uh-huh. is a shadow over a coastal town which you experience in horrifying detail. Um. And Grawl, when you awake in the morning on the 30th of Shade, you remember precisely what happened in that town of Drift Chapel. Patting yourself over, you look down at yourself and you're not dressed in the strange, uh, like, revolutionary period clothing anymore. You're dressed in the, well, whatever you wear to sleep. You're not covered in acidic burns and cuts from eldritch horrors. You're not grasping at a small girl named Esha as the shadows press in around you. You're in Blue Gulch. You are Grawl. But you still remember the shadows over Drift Chapel. Well, Grawl's going to be depressed for the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, bummer. Mm Mm-hmm. The image that strikes you the most Hmm. from that time in that other world is you didn't recognize it or find importance in it at the time, but remembering back to the moments in the Forlorn Chapel where that version of the party witnessed the events of the last trial, the last moments of the Skane Witch. That sequence of events is more disturbing than any combination of Eldritch Horrors you witnessed. For some reason, that is the sticking point. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. (laughs) Real neat. How sweaty? Is this like a cold sweat wake up, or is this like a like a, like oh geez, wow, that was a that was a wild one. 
You are not sweaty. You are damp with briny sea mist. Ugh. Smelly, too. Well, that's not normal. That's normal. So yes, other than that, you awake to greet the day. It is the 30th day of shade. Soon you will be in the last month of winter. Mm. What do you wish to do with the day? Um, we should probably get rations. Just pick up general necessities. Yeah, but maybe we can... Well, okay. Actually, first of all, let's talk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are we going? Uh, yes. I was under the impression we were, but... Are we not? I I'm just... We don't have to. That's true. If we want to, like, you know, there's a part of me that uh, is just, this is just going to be a huge fucking disaster. Um, but there's a part of me that is really curious to see if it will go well I'd, and to yell at people, you know, <laughs> I'd love to do that. You guys know this about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to say about the subject, um, be that through yelling or just polite conversation. Um, yeah. So I think our experiences are important for this council meeting. I do, too. Yeah. Where are you all having this discussion? Uh, probably in Iron Strike. Um I assume yeah. over breakfast. Yeah. Inside cool. in the, the or in the makeshift table that Calcan made out in the forge for the big group meals. The forge, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so outside. Yeah. Alright. Just checking. Yeah. Can I mm. please continue? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is everyone Come here, on. by the way? Guys. Is it just yeah. us? Uh, Kalkin can be there if you want to. Otherwise, she's, like, around the house, but she's not necessarily a part of this conversation, per se. Yeah. Okay. I don't necessarily but mind Kalkin hearing this, but... If you want to drag her into the conversation, she is around. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Come tell us what to do, Miss Ironstrike. Can I mm, see? I don't know if this is metagaming, but now that you've said that we're just saying it out loud, I want to make a perception check to see if anybody's. Um, but I don't know if Sid would have put that together. I don't know. Uh, what uh, is your passive perception? 18. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fuck. I mean, there is maybe the occasional person passing on the street, but. Uh, this early in the morning, the streets aren't really crowded, and Calkin informs you that she's not expecting anyone until, like, the early afternoon. Okay. Uh, as far as you can tell, there's nobody around. Okay. 
So, so we are, we are going. Is that, is that, do we decide on that? I mean, it's not I'm, just up to you and me. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm asking tears on Ingrawl here. I don't, I'm... I want answers and I think that this is the, I'm too dumb to put together any other leads. <laughs> Is that, uh, is that is that verbatim? Does does Tears say that? No. Okay. Uh, but there probably is some sort of like frustration in the like I I don't know what else to do. We need to figure out what's going on, and maybe if we do what Zenerva says, we can figure that out or have some sort of guidance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad idea either to just kind of uh, be aware of sort of the more influential people in the valley as well. I get the impression that those are the people who are going to be here. Um, I mean, we could always just put together a hit list. It'll help us figure things out too. Like a hit list from people at the council meeting? Yeah, you never know. I think... I think Zenerva said that we would be protected, therefore I think everyone would be protected. Yeah, I think it's her. supposed to be like a peaceful Yay. summit. Yeah. Right. I'm talking post summit. Oh, so we're just oh, compiling just like, the list. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. For, yeah. You know, so that's the not... summit closes and then we go break and then we start we start stabbing. Is that wholesale? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh, let's not, cool, cool, cool. Let's, let's not do that. Speaking no. of Crawl. <laughs> What mm. you said to Omatep yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was hilarious. Well, right? um, it's, I cannot believe he I mean, bought it. Bought what? The, that you're, the, you know. I, I mean, I, I am. But... Does this so, have anything to do with your forge bombs? Yeah. That's kind of like the thing that you wear when you're the warlord. I don't have it because they what is let it? me have it. Um, how do I describe it? It's it's kind of like a gauntlet kind of thing. It goes all the way up your arm. It's pretty cool. Okay, uh, I'm trying. I Reed cannot remember the name of what it, like what it's called. Um, it's a cool winter yeah. soldier arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a winter soldier arm. <laughs> it is a little bit. It's a summer warlord arm. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has a bunch yeah. of different names. Um, yeah, uh, Manica is. It's like the shoulder piece with the the uh, the plates of armor running down the arm into a gauntlet. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, it's like, Ooh. yeah, a big pauldron with a bunch of overlapping plates down the arm into a larger gauntlet. Well, um, I'm... Do... This is just strange, because if it's your forge-bound item... Was it the last Warlord's forge-bound item? How does that work? Do... I've never... Mike, have I ever heard of a forge-bound item... Bonding with more than one person? Probably not. 
Give me an Arcana roll. Okay. <laughs> Mike, when I asked about this at the beginning of the... Oh, well, Jarshir have weird knowledge that other people might not have. Yep. Ooh. These uh, UV dice are really um, mm-hmm. <laughs> 24. Okay. Um, with that high of a roll, yes, uh, it's not unheard of. You already know for a fact that the the relics that the Jarashir refer to as the augers are items that can be passed down that have bonded. Par- some of them have bonded with multiple uh, people over the generations. Okay. Some okay. of them have okay. never been bonded before, but some have bonded multiple times. Mm. Um. With that high of a roll, you would also know about a very, very, very rare phenomenon uh, that is called twin bonding. Once in a thousand, once in a million, but it can happen, uh, two people will be attracted to the same item. But that's definitely not the situation right here, right now. Definitely. 100%. Or, or maybe it is. Or maybe it is. Oh. Have I willed this character into existence through <laughs> the jokes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Great. Cool. So, awesome. Okay. Occasionally, and this happens even, rare, even more rarely, uh, there is something called a, an ancestor bond or a family bond in which a forge-bound item is specifically passed down through generations of a specific bloodline or family. Mm-hmm. Um, that can also happen. Those particular instances where a forge-bonded item is sequentially having more and more partners... Uh, makes for more and more powerful items because they retain all of their knowledge and power gained from their previous holder into the next. Wow. For the most part, though, when a forge-bonded person dies, their item becomes inert. Okay. And Mike... I've I've kind of talked to Stormpiercer about this a little bit, but like Stormpiercer wasn't, as far as I know, bonded to no. to Angela. Okay. No. An- Angela had a scarf that was her forge bounded item. Oh. What was what was the what was the item's name? Uh, she never said. Oh. Forge bonded names are generally. It's not a taboo to share them, but it's definitely a much more intimate thing that unless, like, the item introduces itself, they, uh, people are less likely to share their item's name. Yeah, like, I don't know that we know Maz's name. I don't think you do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think so. it's ever been mentioned. Like, Stormpiercer introduces himself, but yeah. He, oh, yeah. he's very chatty. Tally-ho! Stormpiercer won't shut up about his name. <laughs> <laughs> and Tirza has only ever referred to her cloak as the old man. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um. So yes, that is what you know. 
Okay, so I guess I kind of impart that on everybody, like, like, yeah, this is not something, like, I've seen myself, but, like, this does happen, like, super rarely. So, like, hey, this could be, like, a dope-ass Forge Bond item. But if the other, if the Warlord who's in place now is bound to it, then Man, the that chances. does not... I mean, it's rare, but there is a chance. That, girl, that might mean you're not necessarily... Uh, 50%. The, that you're 50% Warlord? And and I saw it first, because I don't know who this person is, so... Vi uh, Vice I mean, Warlord? No, co I don't like that. Co-Warlord? Co no. co mm -mm. no, this all sound incredibly wrong. Assistant Warlord? Ooh, assistant like to the assistant warlord. to the warlord. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> they, they've got a ma bad uh. bad mouth feel. Is is there a history of warlords bonding with this item, or is that not documented? Uh, Grawl, give me a history check. History check. Great. Yeah, uh, how much hobgoblin lore do you know? Yeah, uh, not a, a lot. Uh, six. All you know is that every warlord of the Legion of Bone has possessed this manica. Mm. Whether or not they've been forge bound to it, that you're not 100% on. Gotcha. Well, maybe she's friendly. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, how many really awesome warlords do you know that are just um, down to like hang I mean, out and go I, I, know, I know warlords I know one girl and I look I look, I look, I look Sid we, in the we eye know and one cool warlord. <laughs> we know one pretty cool warlord <laughs> a very special episode um, so, I guess this conversation was more <sighs> Grawl, what are you planning to do <laughs> if and when we I'm, get there? Oh, I'm gonna hide. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm wearing yeah. I'm wearing that bucket hat. Okay. So hard. But like, you're I'm like, going to adhere it to my head. It's not coming off. Are you going to attune to it? I mean, am, am I still you haven't so far. I don't think you ever did. I don't think you ever did. I think you kept saying, I just wear it on my head, but I don't yeah. attune to it. I believe that seems case. like something I would do. Yeah, that... <laughs> that is a hundred percent something I would do. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Uh, well, in that like case, I'm gonna need that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Girls all about fashion. <laughs> yeah. And right. Cherish, Cherish never wants to see it ever again. <laughs> Just a, a quick reminder that you can only attune to up to three magic items. That's correct. Yes. Your forge bond not included. Yeah. Yes. So I'm specifically at... items that require attunement. Correct. I think the I bag? only have one. Yeah, the bag didn't require no. attunement, right? No. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That'd be I've got the That'd ring. You have the ring. That's I'm one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you have the ring and the hat, that'll make two. Okay. Cherish okay. has the wand and the staff. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe... I just have the armor. Sid, you yeah. have your glamoured armor, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just have my armor, too. Correct. My snake. My snarmer. 
Już na... <laughs> Your snake mail. <laughs> yeah. No, scale mail. It's scale it mail. is scale yeah. mail. Yeah. It is literally scale mail. Yeah. Mm. Technically, the item's name is the scales of Endrin Jinyi. Yeah. Yeah. I do actually have that written down. I don't have it written down as Snarmer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that for the hard work <laughs> I put jokes. into making a magic it's item. Just, it's just okay. jokes for the podcast. All right. <laughs> I'll write down Snarmer. <laughs> Yours is Glarmer. That's true. <laughs> That's Snarmer and Glarmer. <laughs> Those are my two new uh, PCs. They're both <sighs> goblins. <laughs> <laughs> They're twins. They're twins. <laughs> um, Next to Sky Dupree. <laughs> Sky Dupree is their big brother who's a human and no one really knows what's going on there. Um, uh, anyway. So what do we want to do today? If we're going to be heading out tomorrow... What should we do? T- other than continue to ration. take it easy. Well, um, yes, we're going to pick up rations, like general obviously. supplies, but that's but. that's like not going to take the whole day or anything, right? Yeah, I I don't I don't really have anything else. I mean, if you want to, you know, do the watch thing, I was going to compile some questions and update my. No, we didn't think of a good prestidigitation PowerPoint portmanteau, um, but mm-hmm. that. Yes, there was also the matter of letting the old mage know everything that you found out at the Realm Scar about yes. the cult specifically. Yeah. Because when you tried to talk to her about Atticus Carter and his relationship yeah. with Jeremiah mm-hmm. Payne, she said, oh, maybe not here in the middle of the street with yeah. a yeah. crowd of people surrounding us. Can't imagine why. Um... Secrets don't make friends, Zinerva. <laughs> yes, Minerva. Uh, no, I'm cool with it. <laughs> and again, with the watch attuned, which you did yesterday. Oh, so yeah, I have two attuned items. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know that once per day, the silver watch that Zinerva gave you can cast the sending spell. Um, mm-hmm. It's specifically intended to contact her, but she was non-specific as to whether or not it can be used to other targets. That was one of my questions. Um, cool. Uh, what time is it now? The if morning. You just flip open the watch. The precise yeah. time is nine twelve. Nine twelve. Okay. So I'll wait a little bit because uh, she said not to call like four hours after each of the times she does her ritual. So there are the ritual times marked on the watch, and she said under no circumstances are you to contact her during those times, and preferably not within the four hours after. So there's a two-hour window every eight hours in which she is happy to converse with you. So I'll wait till, because it looks like six was the most recent one, so I'll wait till about a little after 10 and then I can, I can update her on, on that stuff. Okay. Um, can I be in that scene? Can I sure. also be there? Yeah. I assume, I don't know if it does like group chat, but, um, <laughs> you know that when you do that, the idea is that you send her a message saying you want to talk and mm-hmm. she will use project image to, basically appear in front of you using the watch as the target for her project image. Great. Yeah. 
Like sh- like she did with when she was just here. Correct. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I'll do that. Then. The actual message you're sending doesn't have to be all the information. It's just a ca- uh, saying, hey, can we talk? Okay. Yeah. You up? <laughs> New watch. Uh, Who dis? Uh, we should probably go inside for that one, though. Yes. Yes, definitely. Is there a, is there a basement? No. We can just go in my room, though. There you mean was Threadless headquarters. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Threadless HQ. Yeah, um, yeah it's the, it's the thread <laughs> quarters. Okay, there's a the sign <laughs> on. on... <laughs> Fuck. Solid. Yep. So that is my superpower. On your itinerary today is to collect supplies for your possible journey. Yeah, and mm-hmm. contact Zenerva to talk to her about the cult activity. Yes. Um, other than that, the only other thing I think is for Grawl to decide what to do with his shiny new sword. Uh, Reed, I have mm-hmm. discussed with you what it will take to do what you may or may not want to do with that sword. I know. I know. So that is up to you, my friend. Yep. Okay. We can go through all the. We can go through the the other stuff first, and then uh, Grawl will think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you want to wait until after 10 a.m. to then contact uh, the old mage? Yeah, because we don't have to wait super long. It's like an hour from now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes, yeah. Just hang out until then. Okay. Yeah. Um, while you are waiting around, you notice your bounce outside. Carrie is definitely shifting uncomfortably away from Soth, who is, again, just having appeared, having disappeared over the course of the night and then reappeared in the morning. Um, there's no... That horse might be going out and murdering people. <laughs> Have we considered I this option? So. Um, I love it. You hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I sent the... Oh, I sent Elliot the vine that's the... Uh, girl talking to her dog where she's like blink twice if you're Hitler and I was like this is us talking to Saw yeah <laughs> blink twice if you're a death knight oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> uh, well I mean he's a horse right so as far as we know yes as far as we know um so I've been working on something um and kind of the lesser being around has actually kind of helped. Um, and a voice from nowhere says, well, that's good. <laughs> uh, I forgot he was here. Yeah. He, we're working on the relationship. It's not great at the moment, but I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping it gets better. Um, it's all you can do. It's all you can do. Uh, <laughs> but both of us have to put in the work. <laughs> It was just a light, like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I am right, you bitch. Anyway, <laughs> no, that's not the that's not the route I'm taking. That's not the route I'm taking. I'm better than that. Um, I can turn into a horse, probably. Okay. Sorry, what was this in reference to? Well, maybe <laughs> I can like talk to the horse. Talk to him. Oh, to talk to the. Okay. Okay. I mean, we should absolutely do that, but I don't know what we would necessarily get out of it. I don't either, but, like, it might be neat. <laughs> Spend your day, like, I'm a horse now. 
Yeah, I would be a horse for about an hour. And I'm not really sure what happens to my brain when that happens. This is in character. Out of character, I know absolutely what happens Ooh. to my brain. But in <laughs> character, I don't think that Cherish... It, this is this is a, an experiment. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Maybe I won't do it if you guys account. think it's a bad idea, but like I mean, I don't I, know. We, I don't we could see always, what's wrong with it. Yeah, we could always. We don't have to call Zenerva on the hour. You could just do that right now. You should just do that right now. <laughs> Listen, just a quick question: What was the yeah. name of your horse again? Uh, Kono. Okay. K O N O. Yeah, I didn't want to go rifling through my notes really fast, but if you knew it yeah. off the top of your head, cool. Ooh. All black horse. Mm -hmm. Do we have two all black horses now? We're, and we're three. Is, is Soth all black? Soth is yeah. like Vanta black. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's hard if you to look, look really at. close, it's, you can see all the stars it's sparkling. Like, Kona, Kono <laughs> looked space. badass until Soth showed up, and now uh -huh. he's just like, that's Looks a gray like a sweet horse, horse now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Looking at Kono it, next to Soth, you can see all of the imperfections in Kono now. Like, oh, there's some like little tufts of dark gray behind the ears, and like a little bit on the cute. belly, and it's like, but it's, it's it's way more obvious next to the just obsidian Soth. Yep. Yep. Kono is like when you set something to black to print, and then you mm -hmm. print it, and you're like, mm, "That's not great." Uh, is that black? Yeah. Soth is rich black. <laughs> it's a little joke for all it of is. you designers out there. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So, what are you doing? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> are we okay? I mean, because the cha there are, there's one of two possibilities: either. I, you know, am just me in a horse's body. Or, like, I'm a horse. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we won't know until you try it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, can you if stop? I have an hour. You have to be a horse for an hour? I think I have to. You can't, like, cancel the it? Mechanics. I think the mechanics of the spell, this is out of character, I think the mechanics of the spell are that, like, unless I'm, like, no, actually, I think it's just, yeah, you just, you're just an animal for an hour. No, you can drop, con like... you can drop concentration whenever you want. But that sort of, that sort of denotes, like, a consciousness of the spell taking place. So when you're polymorphed. Uh, you gain the intellectual properties of the animal you are polymorphed into. A horse, unless I am very much mistaken, has an intelligence greater than two. Let me see. It is two. Okay, well, that's good. Because if it was any lower, you would be absolutely incapable of, like, you would have insect and just pure instinct intelligence. At two, okay. you can you still have your personality, albeit it is somewhat subsumed by the horse. But you are still cherish. You still, like, can recognize your friends, and, like, your mind isn't gone per se. It's just made more horse-like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that being said, okay. 
for the purposes of polymorph, I will say you are aware enough to be able to drop concentration. Because okay. all, all that really means is you stop thinking about something. Okay. I'm checking my the animal list that I made of animals I've seen. Most of these are two. We just, we have an hour, so... I don't know how else we're going to fill that, except with horse. <laughs> okay. Or we can just skip it. I don't so, know. Cherish, you want to polymorph yourself into a horse? Yes. Okay. So you, you all go outside and watch this happen? Oh, yeah. When this oh, is for the world. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm bringing my plate of food with me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ooh, good call. Calkin will definitely stick her head out the door and say, hey, uh, what's everyone uh, going to look at? I'm going to go turn into a horse for a minute. Um, and Calkin will shuffle outside as well. <laughs> okay, so you uh, go up near the hitching post out in front of Iron Strike Metalworks. Yes. Uh, Olivia, is your celestial reindeer hanging out as well? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I will actually do a little like, like, uh, hey, if this horse fucking runs off. If you could help me out with that. <laughs> she is perfectly cognizant of what is happening due to your psychic cool. link. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> she's probably like, God, these fucking morons. <laughs> Defenders of the world. I'm a horse now. <laughs> good, good, good. Carrie's just Listen. like, don't we have a quest to go on? <laughs> yeah, in an hour. <laughs> Okay, so you cast Polymorph on yourself? Uh, first, I kind of, if, yeah, Soth is there, right? Yeah. I, I like, I'm like, I like put my hand on his, his big long horse nose, and I'm like, I know that you can't really communicate with us right now, but hopefully what I'm about to do is going to help. And um, then I turn into a horse. I back up and then yeah, I turn into a horse. There's just this implacable horse stare straight at you when you say this. <laughs> and you back up and cast Polymorph on yourself and turn into a horse. Yeah. My horse. most pointed question is... This is very important. Very super important. Is Horse Cherish purple? No. Damn it. I'm going to say, I, what I will say is that I did like the idea of, that Olivia had of, like, that weird, really dark blue color that some animals have. Mm. Um, but, like, it's natural. Like, okay. it, it's it's more funny. Well, not funny, but it makes more sense to me that in her natural state, she looks so unnatural, but in an unnatural state, she looks <laughs> basically completely normal. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, but I will say that all of the all of the animals she's going to turn into are like this kind of shiny black blue color. So, like, it's going to look unnatural with some of the animals, but it's definitely going to look striking and out of place no matter what. It is a color I like to call Superman's hair. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. It is Superman's hair. Got it. Check. Okay. Um, you turn into a horse. Uh, because I'm assuming last level you took Polymorph as a spell. I did. Yeah, okay. 
So you all and Kalkin witness Cherish suddenly become a horse. There is I look beautiful. I look beautiful, by the way. Burst of golden magic. It's not like okay, a. So it's like a poof, not anamorph. It's it's not anamorphs or oh, American Werewolf in London. Um. God, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I don't want to see that. Fucking point, then. Being a horse <laughs> is the point. That's so true. Um. You're not a druid, so slow down. I know. It's more like it's more like in the Swan Princess when when she stands on the lake and transforms, but it's not water. It's just the gold magic. There you dust. go. So yeah, uh, Kalkin's jaw drops to the literal ground as she Ooh. says, "My daughter just turned into a horse." I offer Kalkin some snacks, and like without <laughs> really looking, she'll just like reach out a hand and grab whatever you're proffering. Mm-hmm. Probably bacon or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Plate of bacon. Oh. Does anybody else have a reaction to what just occurred? Oh, do me next. What a good horse. Next. Can we all be horses? Um, that's a really good question. Oh, oh wait, this quick. is actually a good this is a good experiment. Cherish. Tap once on the ground for yes and twice for no. We're gonna create the But what is he saying? Yes no uh the can can we all be horses? Oh yeah. Yeah. This also uh, works as a disguise too. Okay, good, 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 good. Yes, I can. Add... Yeah, can cool. Okay, one 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 horse tap. One horse tap. Okay, great. So you can you can understand what we're saying. I mean, I'm guessing I can. Yeah, my, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. This could wow. be so useful. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Horse cherish is just incapable of actual speech. Is all. Oh. Uh, you should try talking to Soth. I'm not my horse head. It's a very un <laughs> like weirdly unnatural yeah, motion. It feels, it feels bad too. I don't like it. It's just uh, all of your new musculature isn't built for a subtle nodding motion. Uh, I try to. I try to. I'm like, hey, Soth, what's up? <laughs> Uh, Soth just stares at you with those implacable dark <laughs> eyes of his, and, uh, Kono will say, he doesn't speak horse. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Does he speak like, like a person? Well, I don't know. Well, that was a waste of a fourth-level spell slot. <laughs> are are you talking to him? What's he saying? And Kono Wait, and Horse Cherry. Can yes or no? And also, Soth hasn't said anything. Yes, you oh, know, know horse noise. Soth has how horses work. Soth has remained almost motionless, just staring at what's happening. Kono, what on the other hand, has been going. <laughs> with like okay. subtle motions of the of the ears and the like lips and like shaking of the neck and twitchings of the tail like most of horse language is all in body language yeah gotcha yeah so that's what we see cherish doing as well uh to kono yeah 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 okay, soft cool. is unmoving this is incredible magic is 
so weird. Oh my yeah. god. Hmm. There's so many things we could turn into. Like those big flying reptiles, maybe? Cherish hearing that uh, knocks, or, you know, claps once on the ground. And, and I horses can't wink, and it probably also feels bad, and you probably also can't tell because only, like, one of my eyes is on the side of the head that you can see. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Cherish definitely winks and is like, you're fucking right, I can turn into one of those. <laughs> it's gonna be dope. And as the two horses are speaking... Uh, Tirza, in your mind, you feel Carrie feeling left out because she doesn't speak horse. Aww. She is a reindeer. I can turn into one of those two. Uh, I'm sorry, Carrie. You, we can talk though. And what do you want to talk about, baby? <laughs> No, it's it, it's not that. It's just that, like, yeah. you get the sense that she's slightly offended. It's like two people are speaking in a in a. They're conversing in a language that you don't speak right in front of your face. It's that feeling. It's just like, okay, Aww. well, I'm. You clearly don't want me to know what's being said right now. No, it's just that we're not fucking talking to you. Get over it. And and you can you communicate at all with the horses, Harry? I mean, in, like, rough ways of just, like, nudging them where she wants them to go and, like, yeah. yeah. She only has the direct one-to-one -one communication with you. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, uh, Soth is unresponsive to your horse speech. And according to Kono, Damn. he doesn't even, like, okay, well, then the last thing I'm gonna ask Kono is, like, so like right now, right now I'm a horse, but like when I'm a, you know, not a horse, I I can't really tell the difference between Soth's body language and yours, like the you know nuances of it. So like it's because you know, you're in the wrong horse. shape. Exactly, exactly. I'm in the wrong shape. Um, but does he not move like a horse either? Like how we're moving now? Is it weird to watch him like? just exist? Yes. K Kono says not a horse. Not a horse. Okay. This was good. Kono, thank you so much. <laughs> Do you like the name Kono, by the way? I'm just always, I've been curious about animals and how they feel about names that we give them. Uh... From the interaction you briefly have with Kono, you get the sense that horses don't really have names, so if you want to call him something, that's fine, but it it's like saying buddy or pal to him. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Uh, I drop I drop polymorph. Okay. And Kalkin just like, okay, and now you're back. Um are you okay? Did that hurt? No, actually. Yeah, what did that um, feel like? It was odd. Mm. Um, it definitely... It definitely... Um, it's the strongest you've ever been in your entire life. 
It is. I felt very strong. Tears, is that what you feel like all the time? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a horse before. I've only ever been a sheep. But you're strong, though. Yeah, I'm very strong. <laughs> so yeah. probably. Um, like, I didn't really move around, so that would probably take some getting used to. But it definitely, you know, it, it feels more comfortable the more you're in it. I'm, I'm sure that... I'm sure that if I tried to run like a horse, it would be kind of funny for like, you know, 30 seconds or 45 seconds, but mm. I'd probably how, get used to it pretty quick. How, how much did it feel like being another animal in the beastly? Oh, not at all. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah, the, the transformation in the beastlands felt alien and really off-putting, and you felt yeah. like you were losing pieces of yourself slowly to the animal. This more felt like, and now you're an animal and everything feels right and good. Yeah. Uh, the Beastlands was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Kalkin asks, where'd all the extra horse come from? You were like a big horse, but you're not... You don't weigh as much as a horse, honey. I know, I know. Um, And I'm, I'm trying to... Because obviously the law of conservation of mass, <laughs> and so you go off on. You can't get yes. around. Um, yeah. So uh, the next, the next theory... forty-five yeah. minutes is that. <laughs> Cherish gets the end of her theorizing about extra, extra, um, you know, matter and material coming from other places that can't be seen, and mm -hmm. and then she's like, "But that's not important. Um, that's not a horse." And... <laughs> Pointing at Saw. <laughs> <laughs> and when Cherish says that out loud, uh, Carrie, in your mind, tears us, uh, confirms, yes, not a horse. <laughs> uh, Sid fell asleep during the speech. He's like That's leaning up against a post and somehow sleeping while standing. Uh, Tirza will like just not like shake him awake, but will just like shake his shoulder a little bit and be like, um, that's not a horse. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cherish is no longer a horse. No, very, no, no. Very astute. No. That's not a horse. Oh. And point a song. Oh, that's what you're saying. Gotcha. It all makes sense now. Can I go back to sleep? Is Soth, is Soth just, like, watching us say that? Uh-huh. No, like, reaction? Just an intense, horsey stare at all of you. <laughs> Why is he so creepy? I love him. <laughs> He's recognizing. Well, there's no way to read a horse, but like. There's no way to read a horse. I mean, yeah. you could give me an insight mm -hmm. check. That's true. How, how many languages do we all know? Have we all tried talking to this horse in different languages? That's a good question. Do you say that in character? Yeah, I'm just like shoveling food in my mouth. Maybe maybe he speaks like Elvis or something. I don't know. Uh, I got a dirty 20. The horse seem, Soth seems weirdly intent on Cherish after her display of magic. Like, all of his horsey focus is funneled towards Cherish in a very disturbing way. Horsey focus. <laughs> Horse focus. Uh, huh. Anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm not sure I have a problem 
with it not being a horse, but I just kind of like to know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, staring at Soth, you're struck by just the sheer differences between this animal and Kono, who yeah. is like a lithe plains horse. Um, and Soth is this just absolute monster of a not pack animal, but definitely he's more of a Clydesdale to uh, Kono's Ooh. like uh, whipcord, like. Stallion. Grawl, have you used your mm. Eldritch Sight on on the horse? Yeah. No, I never saw a need to look at the horse with my Eldritch Sight. I, I, I don't know. I've looked at weird things. I don't know why I'm being like demeaning your question. It's fine. Thank it's you. Fine. That was yeah. that was like yeah. very just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, you're just wise of you to say. On it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, breakfast is the most important meal. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Here we go. Right. <laughs> uh, Here we go. <laughs> so you cast detect magic. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Okay. You can tell that the. Saddlebags on Soth's saddle, which you've never removed any of his tack or gear uh, up till this point. Um, God, we're bad horse owners, Jesus. Well, we don't really own the horse, as far as I know. And he's got this like black leather with silver trim uh, saddle and saddlebags and reins, and you can tell that there are. Two distinct magical items in either rear saddlebags. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also a uh, faint magical aura around the reins. And the reins. Hmm. hmm. I'm gonna uh, relay that to everyone. Cool. I'd like to find those magic items. Okay. Going through the saddlebags, you discover two items. Hmm. One is a familiar-looking mace, and the other is a familiar-looking pendant. Oh, we could have had those the whole time. Too bad we're, like... So dumb. Too nice or too dumb to have Uh, raided this horse? (laughs) The right word is dumb. Uh, Okay. We can... I say to the horse... Are these for us? The horse just stares at you. You're right. It is. Okay. Um, stupid. <laughs> it's really dumb. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it, what the pendant was. It's like resistance to force damage or something like that? Uh, it makes you immune to magic missiles. Oh. Uh, Tirza, do you want the maze? <laughs> I mean... I mean, I'm mad about it. But, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Okay. Hey, we can it's always so- sell it later. 
That's true. This is true. That, that is true. That is true. How do you think we could get at Omateps for this thing? What if we try to sell him the, the horse? Um, <laughs> uh, I think, d didn't he say that he doesn't sell living creatures? Or is that just mm -hmm. people? So, uh, to let you know, the the amulet is a brooch of shielding. While you're wearing this brooch and you're attuned to it, you have resistance to force damage and you are immune to magic missile. Cool. The mace is a mace of smiting. Um, which is a... Let me get that up real quick. Um, mace of smiting is a plus one mace. Uh, that bonus increases to plus three if you're attacking a construct. And when you crit with this weapon, it deals an extra seven bludgeoning damage or an extra Ooh. 14 if you're attacking a construct. And if the construct has 25 or fewer hit points after taking this damage, it is destroyed. Yep. It's a really good mace. I really want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Just tape both Add of your, your warhammer and your mace. You Just had... tape them together and use both at the same time. Just tape them, yeah. Uh -huh. The body doesn't know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Grawls. How we got so sidetracked with this fucking horse. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh. <laughs> Girl's uh, thing about about languages has got me me curious. So I, I'm going to say to the horse, um, well to Soth, I'm going to say, um, "Tu n'es pas un cheval." Horse not, just not horse. stares at you. Well, goddamn, just help me out here. Like, I think okay, Jer said that loud. Okay, so the reins are magical, which either means that if we take these reins off, the horse will be able to talk. Or we'll unleash some great, horrible, terrible power that we won't be able to reseal. Okay. <laughs> Those are basically, it's either going to be good or it's bad. That's sort of how magic works a little bit. <laughs> Wait. Question. I have a question. I don't know yes. how polymorph works. Can you turn animals into people? No. No, because okay. then we'd just be able to turn ourselves into other people. Yeah, it I, is specifically. Right. I, do, I, do, I do not know how polymorph works. It is specifically changing things into beast things with the beast type. Correct. Gotcha. Which, which humanoids mm -hmm. do not have? Got gotcha. it. Yes, you would need some kind of greater spell to do that sort of thing. Yeah. I believe true polymorph can even turn people into objects. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Convenient. Um, well, I guess this horse will remain a secret for now. Secret horse. Okay. So, uh, you do take the magic items that were in his saddlebags? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. I'm g No, no. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. I just want everyone to know I'm mad about it. I'm taking this mace under protest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are you going to end up attuning to those items? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. 
Unless we want to sell them. Hmm. Up to you. Anyway, so Tirza yeah. has the mace and Sid has the brooch. If you want to do other things with those items at a later date, that is up to you. If you want to attune to them, just please let me know that you've done that. Uh, yes, I attune to mine. Okay. Tirza is undecided. <laughs> I'll do it, whatever. It's, I'll it, do it. It is it's up fine. to you. I pat I pat Soth on the neck and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on with you, and at this point I'm honestly too afraid to ask. <laughs> The horse head, like, slowly just, like, leans to the side so that one eye is staring at you while you say this. And after all of this is done, it is maybe a little bit past 10 a.m. Okay. Shall let's we? Take a, let's take a break from the horse mystery for a little bit. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. What... <laughs> Uh, wait, hang on, one last thing. We can Ooh. always take him to Jeffethy. He seems to have a way. <laughs> but he's not actually a horse, right? Unless Jeffethy is no, just so good with horses that yeah. it would work anyway, which is mm -hmm. possible. Right. Yeah. Anyways, just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how Jeffethy's doing. Hmm. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, are you gonna? Are you going to call the old mage? Yes. Are we, we going to move inside? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go. Inside. We should do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So going back inside to the house, or staying out under the open airspace of the forge? In the house. Okay. Going into the house. Calcon uh, yeah. is going to be inside and nearby, though she's actually moving out to the forge because she needs to finish some orders up. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That will be coming to be picked up at noon. So, as you find yourself alone inside the Iron Strike home, you, Sid, uh, reach down and pull out that pocket watch that you have so recently received. Mm-hmm. Um, and just send the message, can you talk? So, you use the daily casting of sending to send a message to Zenerva Arkantol saying, can you talk? Yes. Okay. After a moment, you receive a response that says, uh, yes, I will be appearing momentarily. Cool. You receive a message back that says, no. <laughs> Very possible. I'm good. It's true. Uh, and is this out loud? Can everybody hear? No, the sending is just uh, telepathic. Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah, she'll be here momentarily. Holding the pocket watch in your hand, after uh, a couple of beats, it begins glowing with a bright silver light. And then, just suddenly, without any fanfare, the image, the slightly younger-looking image of the old mage appears about five feet in front of you, Sid. Cool. She will glance around, as if getting her bearings, and then nod and then look to the four of you and say, Well met. I hope you all Howdy. got some rest over the last day or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was nice. Excellent. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, uh, figuring we should probably update you as far as stuff we learned while down 
uh, at the rift. Um, yes, you had mentioned something about an, a possible leader to this cult. Yeah, uh, someone by the name of uh, Atticus Carter, is that correct? That is what yeah. you had said before, yes. Does that name sound familiar? I have, in the last day, put out feelers for the name Atticus Carter. So far, very little information has been returned to me, though I can say that that name comes up several times in some rather interesting business receipts in and around Stormhaven. Seems as though this person, this Atticus Carter, owns quite a few properties in the city. Interesting. Okay. That's not good. No. Um, is, is he like a public official, or is there no way to know? We just know that he owns property. If he holds some sort of office in Stormhaven, I would know about that, and as far as I can tell, he does not. Okay. Records of Atticus Carter go back 30 years or so. Okay. He is first mentioned in a receipt for a warehouse in Old Haven. Okay. Mm -hmm. After that, he his name shows up sporadically. Usually in the purchasing of buildings, property. Occasionally, large sale auctions, his name is mentioned. Are they all in one sort of specific part of Old Haven, or are they all over the place? They are throughout the city. What's the most recent record? Most recent record is a bill of sale of services from the Bard's Guild. About two mm. months ago. That makes sense. That makes sense. Two months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah that tracks. It seems as though he required the services of some Bards for a private party. So he set up that party. He contracted the Bards Guild, yes. Um, I'm assuming, does, Mike, does that line up with uh, the party that was sort of ambushed by, by cult members? No, not really. No? It's, it's, it more lines up with what Cesario had told us in Wickmore's Landing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vaguely. Um, yeah. He was escorting people up from Blue Gulch. Um, yeah to take them back to Stormhaven. Yeah. Um, gotcha. The party that Zenerva is talking about happened around the Maker Festival. Okay. Interesting. Well, I could... I mean, I know people in the Bard's Guild. Maybe we can ask around. Perhaps. As I said, I also have my own agents looking into the matter. There's scarce little public record of this man. Okay. Interesting. Um, 
Did anybody else have any questions about Atticus Carter? Oh, not about Atticus Carter. No, but you got other stuff. Besides that name, what else did you learn about the cult? Oh, boy. Um, do you know... Did you know Jeremiah Payne or Rashad or... Rashad? He said he studied at the tower. I knew a man named Rashad, yes. Well, I was aware of him. The name Jeremiah yeah. Payne does not sound familiar. He was well, one of your order, Tirza. He was a member of the Jarashir, as far as I knew. He mentioned that he studied at the tower. But that was after the whole... Right. So, Rashad, <laughs> Jeremiah Payne... <laughs> Look, this is gonna yeah. sound nuts. <laughs> Just, you're, if you're unless, if you're standing up, you might want to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and she will shrug and sit down on apparently nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Good call. So, Rashad... Um, uh, I guess was looking into the origins of the Jarashir and and also dark contracts with beings from other planes. That yeah. too. I was getting to that. It's not like yes. I was going to skip that, Tirza. Um, <laughs> it's just important. It's important. Um, when you so... say that everyone give me an insight roll. Oh. <laughs> Balls. Eleven. Uh, that's not amazing. Uh, Twenty-two. Twenty-three. Ooh. Wait, uh, thirteen. When you say making deals with things from other planes, Tirza and Grawl, you notice that her eyes will glance over at Grawl for the briefest of seconds and then look back <laughs> to you. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Tirza will remember that. <laughs> Gaul <laughs> will probably forget because he writes nothing down. Um, and uh, that combination of things was not, didn't really endear him to the Jarashir to the extent that he was taken on uh, Ozzy Dahaka's march. Is Tirza? That's what he said. Dahaka's march, yes. Dahaka's march. And um, she'll is... nod at that. As though Which, she recognizes right, the phrasing. They sort of march you out to the storm wall and then you boot you out. It is a rather uncouth practice for those they wish to erase from their histories, yes? Yeah, but so here's the wacky thing. Um, he claims that he walked out into the storm and then walked back out. And you can see Zenerva's image just freeze. It's very bizarre. You've seen this happen a couple of times where the image stops moving naturalistically and will just have just a moment of static image. I think There's... she's lagging, guys. Um... Her ping's too high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then you Maybe see that. the breathing return to normal and she'll say, Is that right? Yeah. Wow. She paused it. Paused the recording. And you say he claims he survived this experience. Yes. Some How? part of him did. 
Yes, it's it's unclear whether or not the moving of Rashad to Jeremiah Payne was more of like a spiritual and like mental, like personal cleansing or like a, a whole like physical one. He was very unclear about it. Ooh. Yeah. So Nerva will give you a very pensive stare and say, did he tell you any specifics about that experience? Mostly that it's... Something in the storm? Yeah. Uh, he interacted with something in the storm? It, I don't remember the specifics, but... And yeah. just that it's... He felt like he had been unmade and... Give me he... an intelligence roll. Just straight intelligence. For who? Anyone who wants to try to remember specifically what he said. Well, not going to be a me. I would like to invoke. Oh, hey. Uh, my feet. DM. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. <laughs> because at level oh. eight, Cherish took the keen mind feet. Right. Uh, if our love it. Can see my face right now. <laughs> so so it is very smarmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the finger tap that does it's it. It's the though. finger mm -hmm. tap. Yeah. Anyway. You would recall, then, that Jeremiah Payne specifically said he felt as though he fell through the world. Yes. And when you repeat that back to the old mage, she will give you a very intense look and say, Is that precisely what he said? Yes. I took keen mind, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is exactly what he said. Curious, uh, I have that feet as well. Oh, um, great, cool, isn't it fun? Uh, <laughs> I have two feet. <laughs> she will nod and say, He may have, in fact, done as he claimed. How is that possible? It's not. Not uh. without a great deal of personal magic or help from... And she'll glance over at Tirza. Outside help. <laughs> Hey, uh, out of character, girl, are you ever gonna ever gonna mention anything about that? About oh, which one? Oh, I do. Uh, about the giant about the snake, snake you saw. Oh yeah. The wall, you dumbass. I, I see. <laughs> I thought everyone else uh, saw. Just assumed that it was the giant snake that Tears had climbed in the mouth of. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, we all know we what that is. We didn't even see the snake outside <laughs> the storm wall. You are the only <laughs> one who saw that during the last trial. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe today's that day. I don't know. So I can never uh, yeah, tell if this I mean, is Reed being a bad player and not remembering things, or if Grawl is legitimately keeping this many secrets. I mean, it's part of the mystery. Oh, no. Who We don't know. We just don't know. Uh, no, how about this? It's it's me not remembering who knows what and what specifically happened hey, just to me. Just assume that we don't know 
anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so many interesting things happen to Grawl that we have no part mm-hmm. of. Uh, um, and then, yeah, and so just like, but Zenerva, what could possibly be outside the storm wall? I don't know, yeah. a giant snake or something. Does, <laughs> does Grawl does... say that? Yeah, he's still eating food. He went back for seconds. It's like chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> how, long we, how long has this bread been in here? It's a little green. Uh, <laughs> I literally just what? got food yesterday. Anyway, what? 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 What are and, we wanting? And the old mage says, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that why? Like out in the storm, isn't it? Like I don't know. Big snake thing. What? What? Can I? What? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, everyone, everyone. Story time. Giving Can, you yeah. fun times. Uh, we're way back when we killed the Skein Witch. Can we? Hey, really, yeah. really, 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 really fast. During this whole story, can I be watching Zenerva? I can roll insight for that. I think I'm going to need a religion check from you first. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Honestly, you know, that makes sense. Well. Because I've got a feeling that Tirza is a little adrift at the moment where her religion is concerned. Yeah, honestly. And I just rolled a 12, so I don't know how much more uh, or less adrift that will make me. When Grawl says there's a big snake out in the storm... The first and most powerful reaction Tirza has is, yes, of course there is. Grawl is inadvertently confirming your religion. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. Of course there's a snake in a storm. <laughs> Duh. And you know the name of the snake that waits in that storm just I know outside the I valley. Do. I just, Olivia the player is scared of that. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying, this is Tirza's visceral reaction to Grawl's blase statement. Is it's, it's the it's the gift from Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's the vindication. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize for the interruption. Um, uh, yeah, that's but fair. That's that fair. being said, when with the twelve, I feel like Tirza's attention is on Grawl, not the old mage. But the old mage. That's fair. I dig that. Can <clears throat> so everyone is looking at Grawl right now, as yeah, he says. I don't know why I wouldn't. You, yeah, we've you killed the sandwich. I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I well, I looked out into the storm, and there was a giant snake thing it wasn't it uh like rainbow wasn't it rainbowy tough to say because the storm itself is is crazy random random colors the lightning itself is uh, a plethora of roy g biv um so there was some kind of immense serpentine shape encircling the entire valley in the storm Hmm. now question and this, I would probably have to roll an intelligence uh, thing for, but I, 
when Grawl was seeing that, we didn't see the snake, but we also didn't see, like, the valley either, right? You saw the valley. You okay. were a little busy with, I mean, a lot was going you know, on. A lot was going on. So okay, much. I just, I just couldn't, I, think... I couldn't remember if, like, what, like, I'm trying to establish, like, if what he's saying is, like, uh, the fuck? How are you seeing the valley? Or, I, oh, shit. I think I did Eldritch Sight for it. I think that's how that's I saw right. it. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, okay. and it's when the old mage, or it's when we were, like, yeah, above the valley, like, yeah. the yeah. very top of the world. Because yeah. you, yeah. you've okay. had that perspective a couple of times now. Yeah. The mm-hmm. second time it happened, it happened in the old mage's private study when she was yeah. showing you the overview map of the valley. Yes. The first time it happened, you saw not only the valley and the storm wall, but also the storm outside of it from the perspective of the Skane Witch. And yeah. it was in that storm using Eldritch Sight that Grawl saw okay. something. So I apologize for the continued interruptions, but yes. Uh, no, 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 that was no, me, no. and that that, we that need was to my. Clarify. I, yeah. Anyone should apologize. It's me, but I won't. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I am sorry. Continue. I I mean, there looked like there was a giant snake outside the valley. I just assumed it was probably one of Tears' snake thing, so I don't like question or shit. I mean, it one she did walk into the mouth of a snake in the okay. Beastlands. So. Okay, mm-hmm. right, but like, and Zenerva will say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> oh yeah, did we forget to mention that? Oh wow, a lot there's happens, a lot. There's Zenerva. a lot that we need to. Okay, a lot to unpack. You, the first rift that you sealed, led yes. to the Beastlands. And she'll turn towards you, Tirza, and say, And you walked into... The mouth of Androngini. Yeah. And... Give me an insight roll. Um... Sixteen? She'll just give you kind of a, a shocked look and say, Oh. Of course. Yes, that's the cause of. No, I'm suspicious. This, <laughs> and I will gesture to the fact that I'm older. <laughs> I had meant to ask about that, but it did not seem as though it was a pressing concern. I had assumed you had come into contact with perhaps a ghost of some kind. They have the unfortunate Just ability a... to oh, age. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> No, she says this is all straight faced. Okay. Um yeah. Um I was lost in the Beastlands and Andrinjini found found me. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. a highly suspicious answering. You understand that <laughs> I am, it. If you brought this story to the divine Athenium, I fear you might never escape their walls with all the questions they had. You had direct contact with uh, an entity your people revere as a god. 
you understand how strange that is. Yes, it it was strange for me as well, but there there was there were other things going on. Yeah, I mean, she walked into the mouth as a reindeer and came out a person. And Zenerva would just get this look of just like, okay, um. Well, it's the beast lands. Come on, like you're supposed Ooh. to know shit, okay? I don't go walking into the mouths of barmy snakes out in other planes. And she's getting this like she's like the the calm veneer is shattering a little bit. <laughs> And she uses that word barmy, and you've heard her using this word before, Cherish. Uh, mm-hmm. When she loses her cool a little bit, she'll start speaking in weird slang that you've never heard anyone else use. Um, and she'll just, like, try to recompose herself and then turn back towards Tirza and say, uh-huh. You were... In an outer plane, the Beastlands, and it was there that one of your personal gods made contact with you. Yes. You're right. And her face will break into this huge smile, and she'll say, You do not know how happy I am to hear this. We have not had a worker of divine magics in the valley have personal contact with their gods in the entire 500 years that we have been sheltering here. This is miraculous. Perhaps the divine boundaries are beginning to weaken yet again. Perhaps the gods may finally be answering some of our prayers. So, the gods aren't... Would would Sid know that the gods aren't in communication the people here of the valley? Mm, no, this is yeah. news. I mean, what yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot of religious activity in the valley. I mean, the Divine Athenium is, at least my understanding, Mike, was that they are more scholarly than for the most devout. part. Yeah, the paladins and clerics are rarer than they might have once been in the old world. The gods, like, divine power still exists, people can still draw from it, but there is less, like, oh, I'm gonna pray to my god and they're gonna get back to me as soon as they can. There, there's less omens in the world these days, there's less direct contact with the gods. The Divine Athenium's whole mission statement is to see which gods still answer to prayers. Um, this one does. These three do. Yeah, the Jarashir are, if anything, one of the larger religions in the valley, just based on that fact alone. Uh, why? Why are the gods no longer in communication? They once were at some point. Uh, and Tirza and Cherish, you would probably know more about this than Grawl or Sid, but like it all has to do with the calamity five hundred years ago. Like when yeah. when when magic went mad and the rest of the world fell, it basically cut off the prime material from a lot of other places. Mm. I mean, that's why the rifts that we've been dealing with are. I mean, I know that. I mean, Zenerva, you've implied that they're not exactly rare that they've been happening but like they're not supposed to be is kind of the gist I'm getting once upon a time all of the planes were separated by 
barriers between the planes. Random rifts into the outer planes should not just appear on the prime material. Yeah. Whatever is happening is causing the barriers that maybe once existed to weaken. Well, does that have to do with them squishing? With I'm what assu- squishing? Uh, oh, the planes. Oh, the, wow. The planes oh, man. squishing. So, man, we needed so, one of these watches a really long time. Oh, we did. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got hold it on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you were able to get in contact with old Morgana. Maybe we should have gone to her place to do this. Anyway, um, so we were at her place, and... um, She is the Arakroka witch that you spoke of. That's correct. Um, so I did this thing. I don't actually remember, personally, I don't remember what I did. What did she do to me that made me able to see the planes? I don't remember. Well, you also did it when you... Uh, when we were fighting the hell horses, when no, we no, saw no, the nightwalker, she gave yeah. you she true did. sight. She oh. gave me true sight. That's right. Okay, yeah. I, just, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was not able to like grab the name. So, mm-hmm. um, so she gave me true sight briefly. Um, and so, right, the ethereal and astral planes are kind of squished together a little bit. And she'll just give you this really weird look and say, no. The ethereal plane and the astral plane are two distinct locations in the multiverse. They should be. They should be. That's the thing. They are. But they're squished. But they're squished. No, 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 no. So when we, during the trials, we were in a place uh, that was very similar to what happens when I, I cast a spell called Blink, and I, I poof into the ethere- uh, ethereal plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the astral plane looks exactly the same. Almost exactly the same. There are subtle differences, but there's this blue sheen over everything, and, and in the astral plane, um, everything's like frozen, but in the ethereal plane... Um, I can kind of see people moving around, but they're almost exactly the same. And also, there's, like, horrifying beasts in one. That's true. Um, yes. I can... But both? Speak to that. Both? Well, if, we don't know. We're, we're not very good at this. We're working on some limited information. The old mage just, like, really kind of curls in herself a little bit, and her... F- Hands begin clenching around her staff, both of them. You can see that opalescent ring on her left hand, glimmering with blue light. Her strange triple helix staff being gripped by white knuckles. Even this projected image can't help but show what is clearly fear playing across her face. Mm -hmm. And she says... I have done scarce little venturing beyond the prime material. My attentions have been somewhat focused while keeping the valley safe. It is very possible that 
I have, and she's like trying to come to grips with the fact that you're just dumping a whole lot of new information on the old mage. And Mm -hmm. this is very upsetting for some of you who have seen this woman act imperiously and as though she knows everything in the world, even though she claims not to. Um, And so seeing her start to quaver slightly is a little upsetting. It's honestly kind of makes Tirza feel better. (laughs) If anything, it's this like, oh good, nobody knows what's going on. Great. It's not just me. Awesome. Oh god. It's upsetting. But uh... she will look to you, Cherish, with an expression of desperation a little bit and say, please tell me you have detailed notes on what you've seen. Of course I do. <laughs> do you say it like that? Uh, uh, Not with the laughing, but the like, yeah, I do. Okay. And she will say, this is no time for smug satisfaction. You may have keyed me in on the root of these, this problem, the, the calamity, the reason magic went mad. Oh, shit. I mean, I wasn't... I mean, that's a pretty good that reason That seems like brag, a perfect, yeah. perfect time for smug satisfaction. Unless that's bad. Unless that's... I mean, that seems like that's... The whole point is trying to fix all of this. I was not aware that this could be fixed. I was so focused on keeping everyone alive. Mm. I mean, you've done a pretty good job so far. And I mean, yeah, we're all still alive. Now these, and now she's clearly talking to herself, and she'll say, "These." barmy children running around dealing with powers as the cutters are knocking at her door. I... Sorry, the what? She and says she... weird shit all the time. She'll sort of collect herself again and say all of this is very, very important. You're saying that the ethereal and the astral have somehow collided. Yes. Yeah. That they exist atop one another. Yes, it it is very much a layered effect. And that there are some sorts of entities within the astral sea? Yes. Yes, we encountered them the first year of the trials. Mm-hmm. I encountered one semi-recently. And, yeah, so did we. Yeah. She will take a long moment and is just staring into the middle distance as though she's trying to decide something. And then she will say... I think I need to attempt something. Something that... 
I have not done since before. Are are you willing to follow me into a sojourn to the Astral Sea? Um, Like right now? Yes. I mean, we don't have to be anywhere for a while, so... Could be cool. Sure. Yeah. What, what is the Astral Sea? It is the phlogiston that connects us all. It is the, the endless infinity upon which the crystal spheres rest. It is everything and contains everything. That sounds amazing, yes. <laughs> Though, if it is as you describe it, then it... Something Probably has gone dangerous. very wrong and is yeah, considerably more dangerous. But I feel as though I need to see it, and if you wish to accompany me, you are welcome to. Yeah. Yeah, Cherish yeah, like, throws, throws her messenger bag on, like, <laughs> tightens the strap, is like, let's fucking do this. The old mage will nod, stand up from where she's been sitting on nothing. Yeah. Are you, are you up to this? She is now that she's standing. <laughs> and I'm gone. Nice. And she'll say, I don't know anymore. But it needs to be done. Cool. All right. And she will grasp her staff in her right hand, hold it between all of you, and say, Take a deep breath. Here we go. Does a really big mouth breathe. And as you inhale and prepare for whatever comes next, I think it is there that we are going to take our break. And when we return, Zenerva Arkantol is going to cast Astral Projection. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. And you know, you have been coming to my shop for a long time now. So I think it's time I start busting out the good stuff, if you know what I mean. Let me show you this. I call it the Amulet of the Plains. Well, for reasons that will become obvious, it isn't actually of a plane, per se. Those are big metal contraptions on certain worlds. Don't worry about it. Anyway, this particular amulet is a very rare, wondrous item... That, of course, requires attunement because of how fantastical its abilities are. While you are wearing this amulet, you can use your action to name a location you are familiar with on this or any plane of existence. That includes alternative material planes, or the plane of shadows, or the plane of positive energy. Any plane that you can think of, my friends. Simply name a place, and then all you need to do is make a very simple intelligence check, and you'll get there. What happens if you don't make the check? Um, well, you'll probably still get there, most likely. I'd give it a 60 in a 100 chance. But you are a fine, strapping adventurer. I'm sure you will not have problems making a simple intelligence check to make the amulet work, because if you do... You can cast Plane Shift. 
Doing so will bring you to any plane in the multiverse. The whole myriad of worlds is suddenly open to you. Want to buy some magical trinkets on Eberron and then sell them in the Forgotten Realms? Very easy. Want to pick up some eternal fire from the elemental plane of fire? Well, you can do that. You know, the elemental plane of fire makes the best fire. All of this and more can be accomplished with the Amulet of the Plains. Now available at Duskwalker Import and Export TM for the low, low price of 50,000 gold. Any takers? I'm sure somebody could use this. I might know a person or two, actually. And you know what? Never mind. I'm going to keep this for a little while. Let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had had dalliances with horses and then decided to contact the old mage. At don't, which point... Don't call them dalliances. That's I mean, gross. <laughs> that sounds gross. I've been holding my breath this whole time. <laughs> After very impressive. a discussion with the old mage in which you revealed information not only about the leader of the cult you've been tangling with, but also some of the extra planar nonsense you've been dealing with this whole time that she was apparently very much unaware of. Yeah. As such, she has suggested a, a bit of a field trip. Field trip! Field trip! And so, oh, I didn't get my permission slip signed. Oh, like Hawkins right here. <laughs> like the other transplaner school teacher before her, Miss Frizzle. Uh, <laughs> the old mage is going to ask that you hop on this magic school bus <laughs> as she casts. This is a normal field trip. No, yeah. I. Hawkins <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> As she casts Astral Projection on herself and four willing targets. That's us. Indeed. There is a lurching sensation that you have all felt in the last 48 hours. It's this tugging at the small of your back between the shoulder blades. Sid, Grawl, when you experienced this last, it was accompanied with the sensation of drowning for half a second. Mm -hmm. Tirza and Cherish, when you felt this, it was accompanied by just a shattering of the normal laws of reality for the briefest of moments. Now, though, it just feels like you're being pulled through nothing, through everything. You're hurtling backwards, the the camera fixed on your face as the world around you is just sucked away, as the, the focus is suddenly pulled back from everything around you. And in a nightmarish moment, you find yourself standing in the blue-gray desolation of the ethereal astral hybrid that you've come to know as the in-between place, the gray crossroads. I don't like it. I feel like Sid was screaming that entire time. <laughs> um, and I'm going to let you continue. You're probably going to answer my question anyway. As you find yourselves standing 
inside a place that looks markedly similar to the shop or the home owned by Kalkin and Cherish, except it is coated in that porcelain blue-gray pall that always seems to be a, a, a layer atop this place. You look down at yourselves and see the color in your own body glancing around. You then see the frozen blue-gray form of the old mage, a silver thread extending from between her shoulders up into the ceiling of the home. Oh shit! Right, so we're we're the only ones who are. Have, oh no! Yep. Oh, oh no. damn it! I should have. Oh, oh that's uh, bad. that was. Mm. Yep. I kind of forgot about that. Um. What did we forget? We're. God damn it! Um, <laughs> old mage's tits. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're threadless, so we can exist here. Without being frozen, but the old mage can't. Can't, but she cast a spell, so she should she, be here. Actually, is she? Hmm. Maybe she's. She trapped. But she's right there. No, she's there. Uh, I go up and I like wave my hand in her in her face, and she's this just doesn't... this blue gray statue in front of you. So, actually, what do I have to roll? Because I, I think that this wouldn't make sense to Cherish, but if I have to make a roll, then that's fine. Uh, straight Arcana. Okay. This is, this is so magic. It's so magic. Very, very magic. <laughs> that's, that's so magic. That's so magic. <laughs> See, and it's silly that more, uh, old Morgana said that Grawl wasn't one of the Threadless, because if he wasn't, then how could he be here with us? Yeah. Grawl, where is your sword right now? <laughs> um, I don't think it's drawn. I think it's, like, uh, dismissed. As you turn and look at Grawl, <laughs> he stands frozen. Wait a minute! Oh! A silver it thread is... extending from the... in between his shoulders up into the oh. ceiling. And it's... Shit, she was right! And oh. it's literally the, like... The camera just pans from me saying that over to Grawl. To Grawl. Oh, shit. Okay. Is a... So, how's this field trip going, guys? 20, 22. Not on a field trip. And what are you trying to determine um, with this role? So, uh, from Elliot's perspective, mm -hmm. that's me, mine. Yep. Um... Since the old mage cast astral projection, she should. There should be a moving version of her in the astral plane, because it's like, because it's not like we're just seeing it, or she's. It, yeah, like she should be here. So, Cherish has done a great deal of research into yeah. planar stuff. Yeah you would have the basic theory of how astral projection works. Yeah. When you cast an astral projection spell, you are projecting a mental version of yourself into the astral sea. Okay. In mm -hmm. theory, when you do that, it's not your physical body going into right. the astral sea. It is a 
mind version of yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A dream version of yourself, if you will. And that version of you is connected back to your physical body via your silver cord. Yes. Okay. But your astral self has free range of motion inside the astral sea and can go about doing whatever it feels like. Right. But that is not currently what is happening. What you see is a blue-gray statue of both the old mage and Grawl frozen in the position they were in just before she cast the spell, their silver cords extending out of their backs up into infinity. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, my second oh, question cool. is, with all of this theoretical knowledge I have of the spell Astral Projection, do I know how long it lasts? <laughs> if I don't, that's fine, but I wanted to ask. So, you rolled at 23? Uh, 22. 22, okay. You would know that the person casting Astral Projection can dismiss it at any time. And that is what you know. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so don't, everybody, don't panic. Every, stop panicking. Everyone, right now, stop panicking. Don't panic. Um, I'm not panicking, Cherish. It's fine. (laughs) I mean, it's not fine, but it's fine. And I look out the window. At the blue-gray cityscape of Blue Gulch, the weird, swirling, dark sky above. There's at least one figure in the street outside the window, just frozen, their silver cord extending up into infinity. And... Sid, you can swear you see movement out in that city, but it's just a quick shadowed movement Ooh. and then nothing. Yeah. Okay. So definitely um, something out there. Then we should stay inside. Stop okay. panicking, Sid. Um. <laughs> 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 okay. So hopefully, oh God, if I have this right, then we disappeared when she cast that spell, and. Sid, so did you put the watch on the table, or are you still holding? No, it? I was still holding on to it. And oh, great! Then the old mage disappeared. Damn. Um. <laughs> so well, right sending now, would Grawl... only be the. Anyway, continue. Although she's still sitting right there, I don't know how time works here. Um. So. Actually, I think something... you would. Oh, that's true. Ed, so. It doesn't. Moments are passing. It doesn't, yeah. The Astral Sea and Limbo are timeless. Yeah. um, So, hopefully... Hopefully she knows something went wrong. Uh, Yeah. It, It would make sense to me that she would know that something went wrong. I, She doesn't know everything, obviously, which is what I've been saying from the start. But she's very knowledgeable about magic and stuff. Um... We're assuming she's still on the material plane, right? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah. (laughs) I hate Mike so much. Because if she's actually here and she can't, and she's frozen, then she can't dismiss the spell. 
<laughs> so we have um what direction is her see. thread pointing? Straight up. up. Okay, straight up. Okay. Uh what was the next time she has to do the ritual? Uh, it's like six PM, oh, right? Excuse me. It's two PM. 2 p.m. and it is currently about 10:30, probably. But we don't know what time it is here. Um, so we have a couple hours to fix this guy. <laughs> Holy shit! Um. Okay. Okay. So we think maybe she's here. But her her thread is pointing up like everybody else's. Right. Same angle, I'm assuming. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other thing that... This was such a bad idea. Um, Wait. Wait a second. I have the bag of holding. Yes. Yes. I have a scroll in the bag of holding. You do? Can somebody use it? I mean, anybody could use it. Uh, I start fishing in the bag of holding. Your hand goes down about eight inches, and then you find the bottom of the bag. Oh. Oh, no. So no pocket dimension. Okay. Oh, because we're in the astral plane. Hey guys, I'm learning so much about magic right now. It's crazy. That's, huh. It's just kind of a bag now. It's just kind of a bag right now. Um, Uh Which means I don't have access to my wand. Mm -hmm. Uh, My fire staff's in my bedroom. Oh boy. Um... Shit, that would have been... Real good. <laughs> it's so it's a good helpful. Thing I, it's a good thing I explicitly stated that I put my bag back on. Not that there's anything useful in it, but um, okay. Uh, to my notebook, of course. Mm. Olivia, I can't tell if you're muted or not. I am muted. Okay. Uh, the other mm. thing. Grawl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you find yourself <laughs> sitting at a table in the archive. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, we're so fucked. That's, that's it. That's where you find yourself. This is it the same table that I had butted myself over? Can't tell. They all start looking the same after a while. Okay. Oh. <laughs> it didn't work. Or it works. I have no idea. Um guys. Just that low muffled dull non echo in this place. Hmm. I can like forcibly wake myself up from the dreamlands normally, correct? You can. Yes or no? Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm here. Hmm. There's nothing else going on here. Give me a perception check. Okay, that's what I thought. 
19. Uh, Mike is grabbing something. Okay. What did you get? As far as I know, I got a 19. 19. Excellent. Okay. Somewhere <laughs> close by, you hear a low, wet, shuffling noise. Like soaking wet towels being dragged across a floor. That's Okay. Awful. It's either a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Most <laughs> things are. <laughs> no, it's either something that's going to kill me or something I want to to find. It's yeah, not. It's I probably bet. not going to be like. Usually. Well, it's not going to be just like. Oh yeah, it's a a, a mop fell over. The janitor just dropped his mop or whatever. You know. It could be. It's not. Oh, you don't oh, know. Fine. Grawl, well, what do you do? I'm going to. I'm going to go towards it. I guess. Um, I'm going to do my best to try and be stealthy, though. All right, give me a stealth roll. Um, 14. Creeping forward, you move out into the stacks, moving towards the sound. Coming around a corner, you are confronted by a very disturbing sight. Not the least of which because for all the time you've spent in the archive, you've only really encountered three creatures in this place. Mm -hmm. Yourself, Mott, and a strange projection or remnant or echo of Phineas Finebrook in the dream version of this place. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a cat too, right? And there was also mm -hmm. the cat. Though that was always all of those encounters have always happened while you've been in this place in the dreamlands and something you are immediately struck by is how well lit this place is. Ooh. And the solid feeling beneath your feet and the smell of musty parchment that just feels more real right now. You're there. You did Actually, it. Actually, wow. Great. <laughs> and as you come creeping to the edge of this corner, moving as silently as possible, you peek around this long shelf and you see one of the most bizarre sights you've ever seen in your entire life. This huge... 15-foot-tall creature, 10 feet wide at the base, though it's strangely conical. It comes to a tapering point, and at that point, it separates into four strange appendages, two of which end in these weird clattering pincers, one of which ends in a strange funnel or cone with creeping tendrils at its exterior ring. And the fourth appendage ends in this bulbous, insectoid-looking head-ish thing with a, a multitude of eyes and sensory antennas and strange bulbous organs. 
The head-like appendage is swiveled, looking up at a shelf. One of the the clattering claw-like appendages seems to be picking up a a book and is mm-hmm. bringing it back down to be observed. It doesn't seem okay. to have noticed you. Does it look like it's working? It's so difficult to discern what this thing is slash what it's okay. doing. You've never seen anything like this before. Okay. But you can tell um, that weird slorping shuffling sound is coming from the bottom of its cone-like body as it shifts slowly. It's the bottom of the weird huge cone of its torso shifts like a slug moves. It has a, a big, just like slimy bottom that it sort of crawls around on. Gross. Um, well, all right. Um, hello. You say hello. Yeah. I just pop my head around the corner. Okay. The head stalk of this thing will turn suddenly. Mm -hmm. All of its sensory organs focusing towards you. Its Mm claw-like appendage that isn't holding a book will suddenly, like, shift and morph. The skin, like, ridging itself out into another weird conal shape. Little ribs of neon light begin appearing down the appendage. And it will begin speaking at you in a language that you actually do understand because you decided to learn Aklo. Oh, gamble. Okay. Wait, when did you learn this? Remember that gross book that I decided was a good idea to try and read? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Huh. Grawl. Mm hmm. I need you. To give me a sanity check. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and if you remember, we are using the same sanity rules that we used in Shadows Over Drift Chapel. Your sanity dice mm-hmm. at the moment is still a D12, though. Okay. D12. On a one or a two, you fail the check. Well, that's a seven, so we're fine. Ooh. As it speaks, there is not only a verbal component, there is a psychic component, there is a, a layering of language here that you understand, though it, it tears slightly at your psyche. As it says, cool. who are you, what are you doing here? In a voice that's flat and devoid of emotion. Uh, can I... If I speak back, am I speaking in Aklo or am I speaking in common and it's just understanding me? I'm just curious. Do you want to try to speak Aklo? I'm not. No, I don't want to try to speak Aklo. I'm going to try the first one. Okay. That does. I'm going to try and speak in common. All right. Uh, uh, I'm Grawl. Uh, you're new. I haven't seen you before. This is, um, I not you. I usually do this when I'm dreaming. This is kind of a new thing for me. Um, how are you? <laughs> it 
continues to point the the weird morphed appendage at you, its head appendage pulling back as if in confusion, and it will say, How did you get in here? Who are you? Uh, I'm Grawl. Uh, I am a, a, I guess, some sort of dreamer. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, 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 I guess I bring the archive knowledge. I, I get things for the archive. I add new stuff to the shelves. It will, like, tilt its head and then its weird, like, other tentacular appendage will, like, curl down towards the hand still holding the book and it will sort of gesture towards the book as if, like, like this? I mean, maybe not that exact book. I mean, it maybe. I, I'm not entirely sure. And it asks, you do this and wear your own flesh? I mean, I don't think I have a choice. And it says, that is not how you arrive in the archive. I mean, I mean, I, well, I guess I'm the exception. I... And it's slowly backing away from you now. The claw-like appendage tucking the book in tight. It's sensory organs never leaving you as it just like slowly backs away. The weird morphed appendage still pointed at you, now shaking slightly. Um, I, I just have a question. I'm not here to bother you or anything. I'm just looking to leave. Um, but uh, you, you wouldn't happen to know Mott or anyone, would you? And it <laughs> turns and flees. Oh, okay. Good, good, goodbye. That was... It's exciting. moving relatively slowly. Like, it's being dragged along the floor like a, a weird, gross, giant slug. Um... But it is it has turned and it is leaving, though its head like appendage still turns every once in a while to look back at you. I, I, I you don't have to leave. We could talk a little bit more. I, and it slowly it says, it "Stay away, parasite." I, pet, rude. Okay, you follow it. Just a little bit. The strange morphed appendage will light up with the gleaming neon light, and a raking bolt of lightning courses out of it. Does a 25 okay. right. hit your AC? Well, hell yeah, that hits. Okay, then. Ow. You're going to be We're taking... We're all gonna die in this app. <laughs> 24 lightning damage. Alright. As it rakes Ooh, across God. you. And it... It doesn't... It continues to not have emotion, but it says in like a louder register more emphatically keep away oh okay you, you got it that really hurt ow meanwhile back in the astral Ooh. plane okay um yeah. i have a couple questions i am For here who? to help mike oh okay i have come up with a plan thankfully 
Um, theoretically, what would Cherish think would happen if she cast Blink? Based on the knowledge you have, Blink would keep you here, as far as you know, because Blink takes you to the Ethereal, and the knowledge that you have suggests that the Ethereal and the Astral have become at least next to each other when they should right. be. They're smooshed. They're smooshed. So, so we're in both. The question is, does the material plane part of the spell factor in? Will you blink back? You don't know. I don't know. All right, well, let's... You know what? We don't know anything. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to do it. Great. Tears and Sid just like... No, 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 no. I mean, she's <laughs> like, okay, I have an idea. That spell that I cast during the nightmare fight, mm -hmm. I went to the ethereal plane, which is where the horses were going. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if I can use it to get back to the material plane. So, you would know this before you cast it. Okay. Blink specifically reads, you vanish from your current plane of existence and appear in the ethereal. Oh, okay. So you disappear and reappear back here. And then I wouldn't, and then the, the other disappearing part would just put me back here again. You think. I think. <clears throat> yeah, Blink has nothing to do with the prime material specifically. Okay. Mm. I just, okay. I, I wrote it like that because I didn't think that I would ever be <laughs> a different playing yeah, situation. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, does the does the pocket watch, when I open it, can I, can I ask it a question? Yes. Yes! Okay, perfect. You also notice that when you open it, it is still ticking. Ooh, that's oh. weird. Oh, is that's it? good. That's is good. it ticking yes. faster or slower than normal? No. Or how does... Oh, that's weird. It is 1043 right now. Uh, okay. The next uh, notch okay. is at 2 p.m. Uh-huh. We have three hours. That's fine. We have hour. We have, yeah. Well, We're... We okay. Yeah. Uh... How do we get back onto the material plane? You ask that to the watch? Yeah. Okay. A black and white image of Zenerva, the old mage, appears projected five feet in front of you. Mm -hmm. And it says, There are many methods of planar travel. Spells such as gate and... Um... What's the what is that called? Uh, planar travel? No. Planar shift. Plane, plane shift. Plane yes. shift. Uh, plane shift. Yeah. Spells such as gate and plane shift may convey you from one plane to another. Uh. Shit. Well, we don't have that. And then spell. the image disappears. Yeah. Is that the only way? Is through spells? Are there naturally occurring portals? And the image will reappear and say, Naturally occurring portals, called realm scars, are great dangers to those traveling in the valley and are to be closed at all costs. Yeah. yeah. Talk about fucking 
Tempest rest her story. <laughs> What's the right keyword? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um, okay. So we need to ask a series of questions to figure out how to get out of here. Cool. How... Uh... <laughs> okay. Okay. There has to be a closer one. Um, what is the nearest realm scar to here? There's no answer. Yeah. How do you detect realm scars? Uh, Sid has to be the one to answer the question, but for expediency's oh. sake, I'll but just yes. say you relate that to him. And, yeah, um, and I say it. We or like we try it and it doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, and then I say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, she will appear again and say that specific agents of the Rift Keepers have been trained to detect planar anomalies. These How agents can, it... can detect any planar rifts within a five mile radius. Can you tell me how to do that? There's no answer. No. Okay. Oh, boy. Cherish, you would know that Camion was trained to do this. Is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just texted Elliot. We should hang out with Camion more often. <laughs> Who trains them how to do that? Uh, members of House Lyodon in Fair Aimsir. <laughs> Wait, what? So all of us just have to pause and breathe through that moment. Okay. <laughs> Are the primary training officers a blood for the Rift Keepers? <laughs> he dies immediately. <laughs> um. I, I'm. Okay. Okay. Um, I am going to, as as we're asking questions, I'm going to check the window again. Okay. Yeah. Give me a the perception check. <laughs> uh, Grawl, start thinking about what you wanted to do next. Okay. Um... 14? I rolled really bad. In the street, just outside, there's a building across from you. Uh, a low bunkhouse that is used by miners coming into town as a place to sleep for the evening. It is owned and operated by the Deep Sea Mining Company. You see a creature crawling on its roof. It appears to have Six or seven long torsos that are humanoid in shape, each of which has a set of arms coming out from either side with long three-fingered hands with way too many joints to them, clinging to the side of this building, skittering across it like some kind of horrific centipede. 
Ugh. You can see that it's humanoid-ish face. Has pale, white, milk-white skin. No lips, no eyelids. Far too many teeth and not enough nose. Does it uh, seem to have intent at all? Or it's just passing? It seems to be searching. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I will lowly inform everybody of that. Sid, I have another idea. Yeah, what's up? Ask the watch if it can explain what the symbols on the circle mean, and if it knows the rest of that language. If it knows, so the circles, the, like the circle that that we use, the circle we use to draw. It. What what the symbols mean? Yes. Uh, watch. What do the symbols in the ritual circle mean that is used to close realm scars? The symbols in the ritual circle are a combination of sylvan and primordial. Right, we need that. Oh. They enact a system of binding and expuls expulsion in order to seal the realm scar and banish anything that may be coming through. Oh, okay. Never mind. What were you thinking? Well, I mean, it reverse might not... engineering and yeah. opening up a realm scar. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how. What else we would do? And uh, I, I don't think that closing it would send us back here because we're from the prime material yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's dicey. I mean, this whole situation is dicey, and we really I mean, only have a few hours to figure I mean, it out. So. And, and worst case scenario, if it puts us back here, then then we're just. We're At back square here. One. Yeah. Yeah. And and we can fix everything and then come back here and then maybe, you know, with the old mage, you know. Oh god, I don't know you guys. What are the but, what are the so, primordial symbols on the watch say? You don't know? Oh. He's asking the watch. Are you asking the watch? Oh, are you asking yes. the watch? I thought you were asking. Well, that. well, first I was seeing if I was going to read it, but if I can't read it, you can speak I, I, like some primordial, and you can understand yeah. it when it's spoken, but yeah. you can't read it because uh, I don't know when you would have had a chance to learn it as a written language. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't have. Um, Ironically, yeah. one of my questions for the old mage was if she could teach me something primordial. Well, there you go. Uh... <laughs> What do the Sylvan and Pri I asked the watch, what do the Sylvan and Primordial symbols on the watch mean? And you get the same explanation. It enacts a ritual that is a combination of sealing and banishing magics that will seal a realm scar and banish anything coming through it. Is there a ritual for opening up rifts? 
The watch you is like, get... no, you asshole. <laughs> no response. Yeah, okay. It's worth a shot. <laughs> Grawl. Mm-hmm. The strange creature is has shuffled away and has broken line of sight around a corner in the stacks. What do you do? Um. Well, I want. Uh, can I see the spot where it took the book from? Yeah, absolutely. Or is that like way up there? Okay. It is probably about ten feet up. So okay, you can see it. Okay. Can I? Is it? Is it next to anything else? Yeah. Like, there's is, other. Is it like. Is it here? volume three in the like great uh, animal coloring book or whatever you know series? Like, is there anything related to it? Is this it... appears to be some kind of uh, you've vaguely been able to determine the organizational system here in the archive. Mm -hmm. What you were able to determine the last time you attempted was that the system of organization here is based on time. It is, is somehow mm -hmm. not based on subject matter, but when it was written. Mm-hmm. So, if it is, like, the second... If it was the second volume of something, it's... There is nothing to say that, that volume one or three was next to it. Okay, but, it, like, is it part of some sort of collection at all? Or is it just its own standalone? And again, thing? the problem with the organization system here is that even collections aren't kept together because they're written sequentially. So ones that were written first are not next to the ones that were written later. Okay. Like, I, I, yeah. Okay. So it, it's nearly impossible to tell. What's next to it? Like, the, the spot? Like This spot seems to... Uh, the things directly next to it are several books. There is one that is a history of something. You're, you're not sure what. It just appears to be a history book. Um, the, uh, the book is titled The, the Trials and Tribulations of the Kingdom of Keoland, uh, ages uh, 396 through 1541. Okay. The book just to the other side is what appears to be a travel log of some kind, detailing journeys into somewhere called the Silt Sea. Hmm. Well, I have no idea when Omatep was born or where he's from, so going to put a pin in that. Um, yeah. Uh, what happened? I'm gonna like Dude called me a parasite. I don't like that. Rude. Someone else called me a parasite, too. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Weird. Yep. Weird. Bunch of... Everyone's just such a dick. Not me, though. Um. Well, uh, what happens if I try to summon the sword? Do you summon the sword? Yep. Okay. In front of all of you, Grawl suddenly gains color and definition. Five. As the great sword apparates into his hand. Oh, girl. Oh, oh. my gosh. Um, hey, hey, so I'm... The cord I'm that was extending out of his back vanishes. I'm sorry that Morgana was mean to you, but she is right. What? You, have a, you had a thread. You haven't been here with us. I, yeah, I know. It, it just disappeared, I, though. Yeah, I, it did I'm, just disappear. 
Okay. Spooky. Yeah, Crawl, you are no longer in the archive. You are in the 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 border astral. Did you were you on the material plane with, with the old mage? Yeah, no, what happened? No. To... Oh, okay. No? No. No. Where I was did you in the go? archive? I got hit with lightning by a gross slug crustacean. What? Thing. Okay. 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 Um, okay, that's a lot to unpack. Um Wow. Okay. Um. Uh. Hey, Mike. Mm. I have a weird question. I'm all about weird. Um. Uh. Does distance work in the same way, no matter what plane you're? On? That is a very, a very good, good question. question. It's the next thing I wanted to tackle. Why? Um, what, what are you thinking? Because we know there's a realm scarring fair aims here near it anyway. That's really far. It is really far, but it might yeah. not be. I mean, it'll put us really far. Uh, really, the only the what I want to do, we need to get to the material plane, and I'm going to use one of my feathers to contact Rigel Goodbody to have him check on the old mage, and maybe he can do something. That's really all I have right now. I I was actually just gonna see if my telepathic link with my reindeer that's right outside <laughs> that's also a very good idea <laughs> mm -hmm. there is no connection to carry damn it okay um well okay grawl we're in the archive that has uh, like all sorts of knowledge maybe there's a book on how to get out of here yeah great when was that written I <laughs> Whoa, we don't know is what... it why is that your first question? Because <laughs> that's how have, it works. Do they have oh, scroll? Do they have scroll, like spell scrolls, in in the archive? Is that Who knows? They've got everything. When They've was it everything? written? Apparently, yeah. that's yeah. Oh boy, I've really just happened on things by accident in there. I have no sort of like. Have you have you tried to to look though? Yeah, with my eyes and everything. Yeah, it was great. Anyways, I I'm going to try maybe... something. What are you okay. going to try? I'm going to try something. Okay. Before, I didn't have my sword with me. Yeah. And I was there. Uh-huh. Let's see if it works this time. And I dismiss the sword. And Grawl freezes. Cool. <laughs> Silver cord. Okay. Going up through the sky. And he's just frozen in the position he was in when he dismissed the sword. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Grawl. Yep. You find yourself back at that table in the archive. Oh my god, I was right. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. <laughs> hmm, we probably should have communicated with Grawl that we're on, you know, a bit of a time crunch before he yeah. went back into the... Hmm. Okay. Mike, um... is this a bad thing that I'm doing, going back and forth? Can I do this infinitely? I don't know, you're not going to tell me. That's one way to find out. I know. I just don't want to be a weird mothman. As you Doing sit this. in the archive, give me a perception check. Okay. Oh. Oh, baby. Ooh, that was a 19 plus. That's my perception. Four. 23. You hear a a low rolling hum. This that's getting louder and louder 
Everyone who's still in the border astral, I need to make an intelligence saving throw. Yeah. As Grawl uh, dismissed the sword, a huge gust of wind kicks up from nowhere. Uh, everyone has plus twos to that. Good. That's, that's very good. Let's see. Yes. <laughs> 16. Nat natural 20. Nice. Six. Oh, boy. God. Olivia, I need you to roll me a d20. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, 19. Excellent. Um, so as Grawl dismissed the sword and this wind kicked up out of nowhere, it is bizarre for a great many reasons. One, because as far as you know, there is no weather here in this place. There's never been any kind of breeze or shifting of air. It is a still, silent place. This wind that whips around and funnels towards the now still form of Grawl sucks inward like a, a vortex, a vacuum. And with it comes a roiling of psychic energy. Dreams, hopes, desires. This psychic wind blows through the house funneling into the, the space where Grawl vacated this plane suddenly. <sighs> Cherish and Sid. Yeah. You resist its effects. Tirza, you are overcome by the influx of emotions and psychic residue wafting through your mind, and you are now unconscious for the next two minutes. I'm what? Unconscious. Oh, good. Oh, good. I thought you were just going to stop at overwhelmed by emotions, and I was like, what else is new? Cool. Boom. I mean, hey, you didn't pick up any madness traits, so that's good. Yay. So that happens. Uh, Yeah. Grawl, as you hear this humming approach... You glance upward in the direction that it's coming from, and you see what looks like two large sleds flying through the infinite space above you through the shelves. Riding Mm -hmm. these strange sleds are two more of those bizarre conical creatures. I was hoping you were going to say Santa Claus. Mm. Two Santa Clauses. No. Those are sleighs. And they seem to be zeroing in on your position. Okay. Some sort of weird librarians. Sure. Book police. Mm-hmm. It's the book police. You're under yeah. arrest. Yeah. Um. Oh. Okay. Um. Got. Gotta go. Gotta blast. Yeah. Gotta, gotta blast. What do you do? Uh, I get up and I'm. Uh, I'm gonna run for it at first. Okay. The These strange sleds are moving at a terrifying speed. They have no visible method of propulsion, and yet they are just zipping straight through these long aisles, bearing down on you. Okay, what happens if I cast Invisibility? You become invisible. 
Mm-hmm. And suddenly the carts zip past you. <laughs> Idiots. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. They are the idiots. <laughs> Back in the border, Astral, Sid, Cherish, what are you doing? Um, checking oh, on Tirza? Wi- oh, I'm gonna go check the window, because did Grawl's emotion vacuum make a lot of noise? It was very loud, but you don't know if that noise was f- physical and, yeah, tough I'm to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's very good, because looking outside in the skyline, you see a figure hovering there, wreathed in strange, swirling, dark scraps of fabric that drift (gasps) off of its person. Oh, shit. Suggesting a form. It's Shigal. I knew it. It clutches a bleach-white staff that accents the weird kabuki mask that it wears over a face. And it will gesture and point the staff towards you directly. And you hear a howling go up in the still city. Oh. Ask me like, help! This is not the Skane Witch. Whatever this thing is, is aware of your presence, though. Okay. It's It's not the Skane Witch. It seems to maybe vaguely resemble the Skane Witch in just basic construction, but whatever this thing is seems far more malevolent and seems to be directing some kind of... company towards you. Oh, hey guys, we gotta, we gotta, Fuck. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta boogie on out of here. Um, oh, it's not, it's not guys at this point. I'm the only one, the only other person who's either here or conscious at this point. Uh, I say over my shoulder, uh, Tirza? Tears? I like slap her face a little bit. I don't know. Just okay. tap her. If you like shake her a little bit, Tirza, you come to. Okay. You okay? Uh, I, I, I think so. I, uh, Tears hey, watch what as you that? come to consciousness. <laughs> you are left with the distinct smell of musty parchment and the feeling of broad stone beneath your body. It fades quickly as you regain consciousness, though. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Um. Okay. So, couple things. Um. That nasty. Did you tell us about? Oh, yeah. You told us about the nasty thing that was out there. Um. Yeah. So, whatever you saw out there probably knows where we are. And also, we've never been inside of a building when this happens. So, I don't know if the door is gonna open. Um. Mm, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good good point. Yeah. And. I get, you know, I don't know what this thing is capable of, and if it's capable of ripping this part, house apart, and what that's going to do to the we, real house and the we material should, plane. We, well, we, we should get go. out of we the house. Try to go. We, we should try we to should, go. Yeah. Uh, what happens if I try to open the door? You move to open the door. Yes. 
It feels as though it is stuck fast. Yep. Sid. Yes. You have encountered this before. When you entered the the near astral in Mixamilio's shop. Yes. The door can be opened, but it takes an excessive amount of force. Okay. Um. So yeah, I communicate that. It's like, uh, it, okay, yes, I remember. M- cool. Mixamilio's shop. It can be opened. Tirza, I'm gonna or... try to break down the door. Yeah. Okay. Question: If Grawl comes back, will he? He's gonna He'll come, come back, back here. here. Okay. Which sucks. Okay. But Ho- hopefully, we will be gone by then, and whatever is following us will still be following us. Maybe, or I don't know. We should get out of here, though. <laughs> yeah. Grawl, what are you doing? Um, you're invisible. Are, are, like, yep. Yeah, are the are the slugmen? Still looking for me? Difficult to say. You can still hear their strange sleds zipping around. In the Mm -hmm. well-lit space of the physical archive, you can see that the shelves that always just extended up into darkness before, above you now, you can see that they just go up and up and up into infinity. Above you, you see bridge-like structures moving between galleries that ring some of these shelves. You can see that there's maybe platforms up there as well. This place just goes on forever in every direction. Great, lovely. Um, uh, so the would you say the dream cats or whatever uh, are here? Sometimes you encountered a dream cat that may or may not have been the mayor of Blue Gulch. (laughs) Cool. Um, so if he can influence the way he appears here, can I attempt to do that? If this were the dreamlands? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, dog, you're in the real archive. (laughs) I, I, God damn it. Um, fuck. Uh, shit. Shit. (laughs) I don't know what to do then. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm invisible and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh i don't have anything on me that i can do anything with damn it oh i'm not there i know i can come back i'm trying to figure out a way to get you guys out of there yeah (sighs) yeah let's all go to the archive that'd be fun Actually, it would be really fun. No, no, I think that's a bad choice. I don't know how to get you all here. Other than like, we just all hold on to you real tight. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. But I don't know. Okay. Only one way to find out. Who is trying to open the door in the astral version of Iron Strike Metalworks? It's me. And I rolled a 14. 14. The door is stuck fast. You're barely budging it. God damn. Uh, the, I'll, I'll, I can assist. Okay, yeah. then that'll give Tears an advantage on the roll. Okay. Oh, that's better. Dirty 20. Absolutely. You wrench the door outward into the, the blue-gray streets. The figure that you saw, Cherish, is gone. You don't know where it went. Cool. That howl that went up fades just as quickly as it came. Mm-hmm. but you all can sense that there is movement happening in this city. 
out on the streets, you see the frozen forms of figures. Thousands of silver cords stretch up into the sky, dotting the skyline. The weird twisting purples and blues above you are unnerving to look at. What do you do? As you leave behind the frozen forms of the old mage and Grawl. Where, yeah, where do we go? You guys, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, we should head towards the, the, the entrance of town. Just, we need to get as far away from, like, people, I guess, maybe? Uh, what is in the astral? What kind of creatures are in the astral plane? I say to my watch. Creatures of all size and description exist within the Astral Sea. It is populated by travelers, raiders, pirates. Many of those who wish to travel between the crystal spheres do so via the Astral Sea. I guess, yeah, okay. I, I really don't know what to ask it, so I guess we're going to leave. Tirza, you had something? Uh, oh, I just... I happen to know that there are, like, <laughs> aberrations here. <laughs> they yes. hang out in the <laughs> astral plane a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Okay. Um. Grawl. Mm-hmm. Fuck. What do you do? You're invisible. You're alone. I'm, I'm invisible, so there's no sort of, like, like, organization to this at all there's no like normal pathways like at the ends of the like rows is there no it spirals around in a labyrinth like the, the geometry here almost doesn't make sense sometimes you feel like you're looking up and staring at another floor sometimes you glance to the side and feel like the the floor is gently curving up okay oh god damn it Seems to wrap around in strange spirals and odd angles. The really the only source of navigation points is the books. Um. Cherish, Sid, Tirza, what are you doing? Um, I quickly scroll a note uh, that says we disappeared, don't panic find old Morgana <clears throat> tell her we're coming on the astral plane and I try to like shove it into Kalkin's like clothes you see the frozen form of Kalkin in mid hammer swing out at the forge. Yeah. Trying to stuff it into her clothes is an impossible task. It's like okay. trying to shove it into the clothes of a marble statue. Okay. All right. That's what I thought, but it was worth a shot. Um, 
But I I say to Tirza and Sid that that's probably where we should go. I don't oh. know how we're going to find her, but... Yeah. yeah. Cherish? Yeah? Give me an intelligence saving throw. You have a plus two. No. No, she doesn't. You don't have a plus two. You don't have a plus two. Um, well, unfortunately, it's only an eight. Okay. Something about horses nags the back of your mind. Something about horses. Good joke, Mike. I thought so. Yeah. We looking at Soth? I don't know. <laughs> we looking at our uh-huh. horses? Uh, there's no sign of Carrie. Uh, there's the frozen form of Como. Uh, there's the frozen form of Soth. What happens if I touch Soth? Same thing that happens when you touch any other frozen astral form. Okay. Maybe... Maybe, like, the nightmares? They can travel back and forth. Yeah. They were going to the 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 gazebo, right? Center of town. Uh, the gazebo! Um, yeah. They were trying to drain the water. Um, maybe we should I don't go know to the what gazebo. they were doing, but we should go to the gazebo. Okay. That's a good idea, Sid. It's, it's, all, it's all we got, so let's do it. Yep. And yeah, let's go. So you head towards the center of town? Yes. Uh, yep. Isn't that where everything was? I don't know. I'm not here right now, so it's fine. You're not yeah. here right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and it whatever that fucking thing was told other shit where we were, so... Yeah. Reed, feel free to chime in if you ever want to do anything. Meanwhile, you're hiding in the archive. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Actually, wait, no, uh, question. If it's based on time, mm-hmm. is there... It, can I look for a beginning or an end? You wish to track it back towards one direction or the other? <laughs> sure, why not? Which way do you want Say to go? Really? Oh, no. Uh, towards the end. You want to go towards the future? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Give me an intelligence survival check. Okay. What? So if you have proficiency in survival, which I don't know if you do. Oh, I thought you did. No, I don't. I don't have proficiency in survival. In which case, it's just your intelligence modifier. (sighs) It's real good, right? Awesome. Uh, That is a (laughs) a 14. Okay. And invisibility lasts for an hour, yes? Yes. Good to know. Cherish, Sid, Tirza, you are rushing towards the center of the city, following one of the long spoke-like streets which leads towards the center green. As you are moving, you see creatures, those weird, pale humanoids moving 
through the alleyways back towards where you were just at. You catch one of those horrific centipedal manglers rolling over a saloon just to your right. They don't seem to be paying attention to you. They're moving to where they've been directed. Oh. The old mage. The old mage. Oh, shit. I mean, or it's they're responding. Well, or they're responding to whatever that call thing was. And, like, it doesn't... It's bad either way. It's it's bad, no matter what. As you break out into the center green, you see more and more people here. Their frozen bodies stopped in their daily motions. Some of them in mid-step, some of them walking out of a saloon door, some of them stopping by a, a well to dip a little water out. Moving through a small crowd just behind you as you break out of the long streets towards the center green is a huge, hulking creature. Its skin so pale as to almost be transparent. You can see rippling organs and muscles moving slightly beneath the skin. Bones exposed in certain places just beneath the flesh. The teeth jutting out from the lips, the eyes revealed without any sort of lids. It just, like, shoulders its way, knuckling almost like an ape, down the street you just vacated. Mm. Awful. Moving into the center green, all of the grass is frozen. You're walking on top of it. There's no springy step to walking on the lawn. It's like you're stepping on a small nail bed of some kind. It still supports your weight, but it's just a very weird experience. Walking on frozen grass. Grawl, you spiral towards the future. I... I have a question yes. about the archive. Is it anything that's ever been written? That's a very good question. Like stuff that, say, Grawl will write in the future. You don't know. You've never explored okay. much in here. Okay. I, I assumed that was on purpose. Yep. And perhaps you're about to find out you're moving slowly forward in what you think is a chronological direction. Spiraling up, eventually you lose yourself in the archive, moving invisibly as quietly as possible. Occasionally you'll see more of those weird canonical creatures, some of them flying on those sleds, uh, a few of them plucking books out of shelves. You even come around a corner and see a group of them huddled around a table. They seem to be conversing in low tones of aclo that you don't stop to listen in on their conversations. All the while, you're moving further and further forward. You start seeing less and less books and more and more well, it moves in cycles, honestly. It'll start being scrolls or stone-carved tablets. It will slowly move to books. It will slowly become silver-polished tablets. 
and weird holographic projections, and then it will suddenly revert back to stone tablets and scrolls and books, and that keeps happening, though there's still a consistent order to it. And occasionally it will only ever get to scrolls before reverting back to stone tablets. Sometimes it'll get all the way to books, and then it will go back down to scrolls briefly and then go back up to books and then those weird futuristic technologies. And sometimes, every once in a while, you'll reach a point where it's just brains in canisters being preserved on these shelves. And then it will suddenly fall back down to books or the scrolls or stone tablets. There is a cycle to these things. As you keep moving you're struck by the immensity of this place. You don't know where you are in relation to your own time period, or even if there is a relation to your own time period. But as you keep moving, you just are consumed by the fact that it just keeps happening. These cycles over and over and over and over again, and you begin ever so slightly to grasp the enormity of the archive and just how insignificant your own little speck of existence, the frail 25 years that you've been alive means to the entirety of what the archive covers. And I need you to make another sanity check. Wrong wrong guys. Okay. Uh, four. But you keep moving. There doesn't appear to be an end in sight as you approach the end of the hour. You can feel the magic in its last moments. Sid, if you're not even looking at the watch, regardless, it is still ticking past a quarter past eleven as you make your way into the center green. Okay. Behind you, half mile away, a pale, horrific mob gathers outside of Iron Strike Metalworks, doing you don't know what because you haven't turned back to look. But a howl goes up as you find yourself at the edge of the pond leading towards the gazebo at the center of this place. Does anything look like it's standing out? Because everything's like gray and, and, and the, everything. The blue-gray porcelain pall is still over everything. The water in front of you is just a, a pure flat surface. The gazebo stands at the center of this place. Uh, yeah, let's check that. Walk across to it. You walk straight across the water, frozen as it is, straight into the gazebo. Walking into this place, you can see the, the frescoes on the interior of the pillars telling some kind of story. At the center, a sudden flash of color strikes you. On the plinth... At the center of this gazebo are a pair of golden rings laid out. The rings and have they color. Are not. And I can, yeah, we can grab them. Do you grab them? I touch one. 
you are suddenly and violently reminded of a sip of tea you had while in the study of the mayor as you briefly touch a finger pad to this ring. Oh, boy. Despair oh. and dread seep out from the cold spot on your hand. Well, I guess that's really on brand for right now. Um, Can I, like, investigate the gazebo? Is there anything else that stands out? Give me an investigation roll. I will do that as well with advantage. I don't want to put one of them on. You both see that there's some kind of story being told on the frescoes here. I wonder what it is. As you look over it, you see the events detailed in the first chapters of the book that the mayor gave to Grawl. A noble man coming to a land as a conquering king. Bloodshed spilled in excess to assure his victory. Bringing his family to his newly conquered territory. Growing jealous of a brother, younger, better suited to rule, a favorite of the people and of the woman that this conquering king would love. This man falling to bitter jealousy and darkness that culminates in the murder of his brother and of his brother's bride-to-be. The last fresco shows this conquering hero, this man, this king, now broken, consumed, wreathed in dark powers. Sitting broken in a tall, gothic castle, left to steep in his own dread. Man, whoever this is about is a real a-hole. It's too bad. Such a horrible curse was laid on him. (laughs) Uh, Um, This is... I just feel like we have to do something really horrible here in order to, like, reverberate our presence. And I'm not excited about it. You rolled an 18, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, something you notice that Sid doesn't is that the the brother of the Conqueror was wielding a sword in at least one of the images, and you've seen that sword before. In, in the, in the room. Yep. Yeah. I Does forgot it... he was my phone background. Um... <laughs> Somehow. I look at it every day, but mm-hmm. somehow it still gets me. Well, uh, okay. I'm not getting anything that's even remotely helpful. This feels like a wild goose chase. Um, There's something about these rings, though. Yeah, and why are they here at, like us? I'm going to grab one, not just touch it. I'm going to, like, hold one. Okay. 
I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. With a plus two? Uh, plus two? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a normal thing. <laughs> um, 22. 22, yeah, you pass with a plumb. You can feel okay. the dread welling up from this ring, but you push it down. There are more pressing concerns. Yeah. As you touch it, mist begins pouring out around you. Rolling down from your hand onto the floor. Dramatically in a wave, swirling out around you, consuming the gazebo. Sid, Tears, are you doing anything? As this mist, this cold mist, begins washing out around you. Uh, there's another ring, right? There is. Can I pick that up? Okay. Oh, oh no! I, I. Mm. All I, right. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. All right. So the two of you, uh, Sid, I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw as well. Do you have a plus two? That's good. <laughs> uh, 22. Excellent. Oh, you resist the, the overwhelming dread radiating from these things. A doubling of the mist begins, pouring out from the ring Sid picks up. Sid, cherish, mm -hmm. you suddenly feel intense love for each other welling yeah. up. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. What? It's, it's, it's yeah. That yeah. makes sense. That tracks. That great. There is a sudden and intense feeling of hurt and pain and anguish at what befell you, but through it all there is still the love that bound the two of you together. That's cute. It is cute. I'm not sure how it's helping, though. I don't know. Uh, I love you, man. Um, I just feel like this This feels like the end, in a way. We're gonna... Okay. Um, I stopped I know myself. Right. I know. Um... Man, we should probably put these rings on. <laughs> uh, I already... Do I already have... The mist well, it, it... intensifies around you. Rolling out from the two of you. Thickening. You... Becoming... You guys? Obscuring Tears' of sight. Can we bring Tears? Or can I grab... I grab Tears? You grab for the f the dark form in the mist that you think is tears in your hand just passes through a dark oh. patch of mist. The cold clinging to your skin, becoming clammy around you. And I can't see them anymore either, right? They are obscured by mist. That is quickly dissipating in front of you, Tirza. I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. God, we are just I, I feel like we're just here. making mistake one mistake. mistake. Uh, yeah, jeez. Uh, 23. 
That is very good. Reaching out for your friends before the mist fades, you see a shimmering ribbon of rainbow light twisting like a string let loose down a stream or a river. It's twisting in front of you through the mist as the mist begins to dissipate. I I will I will try to grab it. Grab at this long, loose thread of coursing rainbow color. As you do, you feel a hum in the armor you wear around your body. And there is a breath, a, a sigh, a an exultation from the cloak at your shoulders. And a voice much stronger than you've ever heard says, Of course, this is the way. Bereft of its raspy, wizened nature, the cloak speaks with a deep, thrumming voice. As you grasp this thread, this cord, what do you do? I, um, can I, like, try to, like, reel it in? Can I move forward? Do you move forward or do you pull? I was going to do both simultaneously, but I'll pull. Okay, so you stand your ground and pull? Yeah. Okay. Sid. Yeah. Cherish. Mm-hmm. You can feel yourselves becoming lost in the mist. There's a cold dread, an inevitability holding these rings. This is a tale that's repeated itself over and over. Sergei, you know how this ends. Tatiana does as well. Yeah. This ends in the cold valley of Barovia, where it will always play itself out. You feel your feet leading you down those mist-shrouded paths towards that place. But then you stop. There's something holding you back. Not Sergei, not Tatiana. Cherish and Sid. Yeah. The mists begin rushing past you. As there's a, a pulling from behind you, it feels like there's a, a, th a cord, a thread attached between your shoulder blades at the, s the rear of your back. You're being hauled, pulled backwards away, the mist rushing past you, the ground beneath your feet being pulled, moving away, even though you never lose your footing. Tirza, you grasp at this thread and pull, and the world around you hurdles. It swirls, and for half a second, you see a huge, immense gate looming up out of the mist. Three massive, impossibly huge stones. In ancient times, they were called a trilithon. 
That image fades as quickly as it arrives, breaking apart in the mist. As you give one final pull, your friends come stumbling back towards you. Color returns to the world. You find yourself standing in the center green, in the gazebo. It's about 11.20. It's a nice day. I slam the ring back on the pedestal, yeah, and I, yeah, I pull yeah. out... I pull, I pull the feather, one of the best, the last, I think, silver feather, out of my bag, and I send a message to Rigel Goodbody saying that the old mage cast astral projection and she's stuck now. Go check on her. Okay. And now we're about to get our asses kicked by the mayor, <laughs> so I'm just gonna chill. <laughs> Should we head back to Iron Strike? I'm not sure we're going to make it out of the, out of the water, but all right, we can fucking try. <laughs> there is now a, a a decently sized pond separating you from the rest of the center green. Well, that's fine. We can swim. We can all swim. Yeah. Yeah, let's head, I think we should head back. Okay. Mr. Mayor, I'm just <laughs> as we're wading through the water, I'm like, "Sorry. Mr. Mr. Mayor, we got to have a talk and also I'm sorry, but this was necessary, I will explain later. <laughs> you make it back to the shore. The water's never really deep enough to have to swim. It only gets up to oh, about, yeah, like... It's just waiting. Yeah, right. about mid-stomach. Mm-hmm. Tirza, as you, like, come to in this place, the cloak yeah. is settled back down around your shoulders. It's familiar, comfortable weight. A comfort. It no longer flares out around you. There is a contentment radiating from the cloak. A, uh, a sense of pride. Of accomplishment. Of understanding. Well. I don't understand. Yeah, that makes, that makes one of us. <laughs> I have no idea how we got here, but go team. I, I assume it's just the three of us. There's no Grawl. No. Oh, there's... Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Grawl. Yep. You wind your way, ever moving through the archive. Eventually, invisibility fades. But by that point, you've reached a part of the archive that seems to be mostly abandoned by those strange, aberrant creatures you've been encountering. Occasionally, one of the strange sleds will zip by above you. But the lighting here grows dim. The shelves more sparse. As your feet move along those broad, familiar flagstones, the sense of furniture just beyond what you can touch is oppressive. The hallway begins to grow dark in front of you, but for two luminous green eyes that stare from a place where the light doesn't touch.
There is still more of the archive. There is always more. But standing in your path is a figure shrouded in a tattered brown cloak. Its hunched body, gnarled and staring with those huge lamp-like eyes. Hmm. I'm going to look around, make sure nothing's, like, hunting for me really quick. Doesn't and appear then, to be. Uh, why did they call me a parasite? The figure's just staring at you. Silent. I'm going like, to take another step closer. Okay. Why they call me a parasite? What is going on? Maybe fifteen feet away, it remains silent, implacable, staring at you. Its eyes glowing. The only thing giving off light in this place is getting darker. The more steps you take, closer to it. I will put you back in that mesa. You still going closer? Mm-hmm. Closer and closer still. You step ten feet away now. Vague features are visible beneath the glowing eyes, wrapped in the black, dark brown cloak. You grow closer still. The smell of old parchment is oppressive now, filling your nostrils. There's still no answer. It is still silent. <sighs> do you going to respond at all? Are you going to say anything, or am I just going to stand here and do all of your bidding? Hmm? You keep going closer? Yep. Until soon you're standing face to face with this thing. And it stares back at you as you look at your own twisted face beneath the cowl. Eyes grown bulbous and multifaceted, your face twisted with strange protrusions, hairs growing from your pale flesh. Fantastic. <laughs> It doesn't say anything. That's why they called me a parasite. Cool. Can I touch it? You Is attempt my corporeal? You attempt to touch it? I'm gonna fucking kill it. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, yeah. Damn it. Do I still have my sword with me? What sword? The ruby one. The ruby one. The one that was being I kept don't... in the bag of holding? Uh, did I put it back in the bag of holding? Because I thought I said... I, I put the scroll back in the bag of holding. I don't know where you would have been keeping the sword this whole time. Okay. It doesn't have a scabbard or anything. Right. <sighs> and if, okay. you, if you do have the sword, you haven't attuned to it. Right. No, I wasn't going to use it as this, like, use its special powers. It's going to 
Okay. As far as you can tell, you don't have anything on you. Besides your clothing. Uh, if I touch it, does it respond? Do you touch it? I'm going to reach for its throat. I'm going to strangle this thing. You reach out with both hands and clench at the the meat where the throat used to be. And as you do, your hands grip tighter and tighter and tighter until they wrap around the pommel of a great sword that is sticking out of the floor in front of you. You now are holding your sword. I need you to give me a sanity check. That makes sense. (laughs) Seven. You don't know what's happening. Everything is confusing. You're not sure what's real anymore. But you have your greatsword now in your hands. The figure is gone, having been choked down into the form of a sword. Does it still feel like like the greatsword, like it normally does, or does it just feel like a sword? It is your greatsword. It feels as it always has. It hungers. It needs... Knowledge. And for knowledge, you will gain power. I don't know how to get out of this place without it, so... Hmm. Well, problem for another day. Uh, I don't want to stab any books in here. I feel like that would be bad. Do you take the sword up out of the floor? Can I drive it further down in? Do you want to do that? I kind of want to just leave it on the shelf and walk away. Do you do that? <sighs> yeah, I'm just going to set it on a shelf. So you pull out the sword. You set it on a shelf, Mm -hmm. and you turn around, Mm -hmm. and you find yourself staring at the blue-gray pall of Zenerva Arkantol in the border astral. There's a scrabbling sound from outside. You can see figures moving past the window. A figure dressed in scraps of black cloth, wielding a bone-white staff, wearing a bone-white mask, leans in towards Zenerva, its head twisting to the side as it stares at the old mage. All around you there is scrabbling and writhing and bang of unnatural things. 
What do you do? Is the thing looking at the old mage? Yes. It's inspecting her. Oh, God. Can I do it? I can. Um, what happens if I touch the old mage and cast invisibility? She vanishes. And the creature will turn towards you suddenly, staring at you. I give him uh, like a, a little salute. And uh, uh, is are there windows other than that one? Cherish, how many windows are in your home? You're muted. You're muted. Thank you. Um, I don't know, like three? <laughs> Maybe one in each bedroom and one looking into the main room. Yeah. So there's only one window immediately apparent. Okay. Is it small? Is it large enough for things to fit into or nah? Not the way it's presented right now, covered in the strange blue gray pall. Okay. The creature in the bone white mask looks at you and begins speaking in a language that you do not understand. Though it is upsetting to hear. It will look back at the space where the old mage was and reach out a hand, and you can see the hand that it extends isn't made of anything other than millions of writhing pale maggots that it will, that are slowly dripping off of the fingers it extends, vanishing slightly as they fade towards the ground, and will run a finger over the invisible form of Zenerva and then nod its head and look back towards you and nod. Shrug. I had to try. <sighs> so is my greatsword with me at this point? It is where it is always. In your hand, on your back, wherever you want it to be. Okay, well... Limb chopping time. <laughs> you raise the great sword to attack? I'm putting it up. Like, don't touch her. The creature will stare at you, stare at the sword, nod, and begin to back away. Uh... Give me an insight check. Uh, that is a dirty 20. This predator acknowledges that the prey has already been marked by another as it backs away. <laughs> okay. <sighs> um... Good, good, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, I want I want to... Realizing that's what this is, uh, I'd like to give uh, a grin, but just enough to show my teeth at it. Very cool. And as you do, the, the pale white kabuki mask nods again, 
and you can almost see the writhing of maggots just behind the mask, darkened by the cloak. And it will back out of the house. Well, where did uh, where'd everyone go? You don't know. You say aloud. Yeah. Yeah. Carl's just going to talk to himself now at this point. I should have left a note. I'm sorry. I was panicking. I mean, I can, I'm going to like, I'm going to stand guard until everything leaves, right? Yeah. Everything slowly filters away. There's a horrible rushing of clattering nails and claws on the roof and on the, it, it's like nails being dragged across porcelain, just like clattering across everything for a half minute. And then it all begins to retreat. Oh, I'm going to start looking around once I'm sure everything's safe. Everything is just how you left it. Where's Kalkin? Kalkin's out in the forge. Mid-swing. Okay. Mid-swing. Is there a note that was left? <laughs> there is. Panickedly so, written. That. Saying, we went to old Morgana's. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> That's that's a really long walk. I, I guess I stay here. No one else is watching the old mage. Okay. Yeah. As you sit and wait. Mm-hmm. All right. We leave Grawl in the border astral away back to the Tempest Rest Valley, a seneschal somewhere receives a silvery bird rushing in from nowhere. Rigel Goodbody hears the panicked words of Cherish Iron Strike and goes sprinting away up a strange, restless staircase. Eventually, he'll find his way to the living oak doors of the old mage's study. With a thunderous strength that belays his frail old human form, the door will explode inward. Sitting slumped in a chair, her eyes vacant but open, sits Zenerva Arkantol, the old mage. Rigel will rush over to her, shake her violently, and when that doesn't work, he will cast around the room in a panic. He will curse and mutter to himself, and finally he will pull out a knife and drive it into her thigh. And the old mage will let out a gasp as she returns to herself. Oh. Grawl, the image of Zenerva Arkantol that you sit in front of vanishes. And suddenly you are sitting inside the Iron Strike home, all color having returned to the world. Your great sword 
in your hands, nearby, wherever you have it. Its runes glowing with a dull, sickly light. The name Mott scrolled out there for all to see, but for you to read. Sid, Cherish, and Tirza, eventually you find your way to the shores beyond the gazebo. No angry, vampiric mayor awaits you. You're unsure about the exact circumstances of your return, or precisely what it's going to mean to Mayor Zarovich. Tears of what you know, though, is that there is an exultant triumph emanating from your cape. Something... Something old was done here today. Something correct, according to the cape. Something that speaks to the true purpose of the Jarashir. I think that is where we're going to end this episode of Material Components. Because, as always, you can find us on Twitter, at MatcomRPG, that's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. You can also email email us at materialcomponents at, or materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. I'm sorry, I'm so high on all this lore right now. Um, <laughs> we always love hearing from all of our listeners, especially when we get into the planar nonsense that is at the heart of all of this. Ah, so good. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I am a cry out Olivia. Um, yeah, come hang out. Let's talk about the true purpose of the Jar Sheer. What the fuck <sighs> is that about? We don't know. There's a giant snake out there. But really... The giant snake is in here. I'm pointing to my heart, everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe. It, it, it was within you all along. Maybe the real snake was the <laughs> friends we made along the way. No, the, um, the friends were the giant snakes we made along the way. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. yeah. Um, yeah. That's my hair is doing that. My, the hair vibe I'm getting right now from myself is like Gene Wilder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Young Frankenstein. Yes. Gene mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I am on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> There's just so much going on, you guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just like that we had an episode that was that was basically just, oh no, all of us being like, we, alright, we don't know what's going on, and... <laughs> And nobody does, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, no idea. And uh, read, read your muted. muted. Guess what? You guys can find me <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> and, uh, and Instagram at the Readimus. Uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't Carl's a good guy. He's a good guy. He means so well. He just, his methods are bad. 
Things just seem to keep working out for him, though. So working out, last. How? How? Well, how? We're not back. trapped in the astral plane. Uh, yeah. Silver lining there. You didn't. That was a win. You yeah. didn't get murdered by weird conical uh, nightmare monsters and or a maggot creature or a maggot or creature. Kabuki maggot creature. Uh, and uh, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> But instead of doing something useless, like trying to contact me, you could do something awesome uh, that we would all greatly appreciate. And that's rate our podcast on whatever platform you consume it with, because we like to hear what people think. This is true. And of course, if you wish to find me on Twitter, you can do so over at MattCon or at MK Gargone. Boy, howdy. Um <laughs> Ooh, it's been a day. It has been a day. I a little bit of how the sausage was getting made. Did not think that's how this episode was going to go. So um, when I said nobody knows what they're they're doing, I was including you in that. One hundred percent, yes. Uh, and even though he was not in this episode, you can of course find our dear dear friend Omatep on Twitter at. NPC underscore AN because even when he is not uh, being exposed to crazy transplanter nonsense even though he sort of always is considering how I, his shop functions. Um, I was gonna say he is transplanter <laughs> nonsense. You're not wrong. <laughs> he is of course an important NPC. Um one last thing before we break, I do want to announce that uh, starting this weekend, uh, I will be DMing a brand new show, uh, D&D-wise, over for the Greyhawk channel, um, and I am very happy to announce that it is called Dreadwood Fairy Tales, and our very own Elliot Lewis will be accompanying me on that adventure along... Mm. Uh, with a, a couple of other uh, adventures that I'm very excited for everyone to meet. Um, that is going to be mm -hmm. happening when this episode gets released. It will be happening this upcoming Saturday, September 7th, will be our first episode. Um, cool. We will be streaming on Twitch over on the Greyhawk channel at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Um, I know that's early. or uh, 9 a.m. PST, I should say, so noon yeah. EST. Um, but it will also be available uh, as a, uh, a VOD on Twitch after the fact and maybe on YouTube later. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but if you want to catch us live and see all of the incredible foibles that I normally edit out, you can do so <laughs> then. <laughs> to give a, a brief pitch for that show, it is going to be... Uh, I have described it as uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales meets the A-Team. Um, there's going to be some oh straight up hag nonsense in this. And it is about a team of adventurers trying to save a kidnapped prince from a hag in the middle of a spooky, spooky woods in the world of Greyhawk. Sounds awesome. I will, I will be playing a Pact of the Blade Warlock. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> oh no. God, that look. Be better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Not <Boy>. hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just want to set that bar real low for you, so you can <laughs> leaps and bounds over the top. That's what this. That's what this whole thing has been. It's been to to up your confidence, Elliot. Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
But yes, please look forward to that. Uh, you can find out more about the Greyhawk channel on Twitter at Greyhawk channel. Um, so until then, or until next time, thank you all so much for listening. And remember the world is chaos. So please be kind to one another. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya.